woman calling sports is shrill, and she's never played the game professionally. Anybody. I don't know. What's a Huey Lewis? Are you part of the Blue Brothers? Is that what that is? And Dawn. Whatever. I don't even care at this point. America. Just because I want to say America. Mm. I'm the America. The Rob. Anybody. And Dawn Show. We will start with this email, rad at radradio.com. Came in last night from Eric. Hey, Eric. Subject line is the king's slogan, light the beam. That's right, light the damn beam, finally. Ugh. Right, Sin, that was one of the best games in a while, referring to last night's come from behind win uh, against the uh, defending champ, Denver Nuggets. Uh, and then Eric goes on to say, savor it, my friends, because as for me, I'm a Boston Celtics fan, and it would be a great pleasure. To see Sacramento in the finals so we could stick it to Sacktown. Oh, champ. <laughs> sports smack talk. You guys have yeah. enough championships. Back off. Let's get one. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, I, I, why does he need to make more money? Right. You know, he's got enough money. Yeah. You know what they don't, leprechaun. Sorry. No, no, no. You know what they don't have is a beam. That's right. No. They don't. No, they just have all of those banners uh. in, the, uh, in uh, the, the garden. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll talk about the uh, the uh, the Kings game on the uh, Mixed Picks show, the uh, sports show that Steve Mickelson and I do uh, every morning at 10 a.m. on Rad TV on the members site at members.radradio.com, the Rad Radio app, and in uh, Sacramento on 104.7 FM, 8:90 a.m. It's the best thing that's happened to Dawn uh, this year is the daily sports show, which allows me to. <laughs> Not dive too deep into oh, things like a yes. Kings game. It's a big game. Uh, Kings needed to stay a game ahead of the Lakers. I'm not diving in. Uh, okay, ahead of the surging <laughs> Warriors. Uh, and and the, this is the last game before the All-Star break, so they can hopefully play a great second half. Ooh, ooh, ooh save it. Say you're, get, so, you're getting too far in. We will uh, We will talk about that. We'll talk, oh, and we'll talk, too, about, uh, again, I'm not getting into it, about uh, <laughs> De'Aaron Fox. People were really rolling him until uh, last night and the night before because he wasn't scoring, but now he's had two great games. Oh, that's so, a player. We'll, okay. Well, see, there's the problem. Oh. You you know about the beam, but you don't know Darren Fox's name. He's the best player on the team. Well, I mean, it's the beam that allows Darren Fox to even be able to play well. Uh, we will uh, also uh, talk about uh, the, the Niners, who uh, yesterday they lost one coach and fired another one. And there's a lot of questions about why and who and how. and Oh, and another great look, too. This just doesn't age well. There's nothing wrong with smack talk as long as you back it up. And uh, NFL microphones caught the Niners players during the Super Bowl. Uh, smack-talking Patrick Mahomes about what a regular quarterback he is and how he's not very good to each other. Uh, but the problem with that is that then Patrick Mahomes Oof. did what Patrick Mahomes does. Yeah. No pro- Nothing wrong with saying things like that sure. to, to your teammates, to Riley. Then you got to stop them. You, you can't let them roll down the field in overtime and crush your, your soul. So we'll talk about all of that on the oh, Mixed Pick Sports Show. You know, that makes sense now because I had skimmed through a story um, of the terribleness that happened at their parade. And uh, but they also within that we're talking about Brittany Mahomes chiming in saying, "Oh, but you're just a regular quarterback." I'm like, "What is she talking about?" Yeah, Why and he, she he say that. Those so, two okay. are two of the most unfunny people <laughs> because he used the same line at the parade before the shooting, Ugh, and awful. and you, so you can tell they like rehearsed it. Oh, <laughs> okay. Patrick, here's what you do tomorrow at the parade. Kind of sarcastically say, "Well, I'm just a regular quarterback." <laughs> <laughs> Duh. Okay. Give me some more milk. <laughs> um, yeah, and by the way, we, the, that's something Steve and I will not be covering uh, is the, the shooting because that's not the show that we do. Steve and I do sports. It's supposed to be an escape. It's supposed to be just sad. something that you you can distract yourself from. Uh, and so we, we're not going to dive into it. It was so nauseating watching ESPN yesterday not stay in their lane. Of course, they have to acknowledge uh, the, the mass shooting at the Kansas City Chiefs celebration parade yesterday. 
They didn't need to -to wall-to-wall coverage it for hours on end, preempting all of their regular shows so that I could sit there and listen to a bunch of former athletes and talking heads on a sports network lecture me about guns and mental health and and rights. And My God, it's bad enough you get it everywhere else. ESPN needs to stay in their lane. All right, we also got this email uh, from um, No Name. Hey, No Name. Says, thank you for the laughs yesterday. I love your quizzes. They're always a great time. Oh, they're so fun. Aren't and, uh, they? I had a blast. I of was, course uh, you did. Yeah. yeah I, uh, I was shopping uh, and, and had the earbuds in, and I yelled out loud at dawn about hazelnuts in the candy. That was one of the questions in the <laughs> Valentine's Day quiz yesterday about Ferrero ro, 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 Rocher. Uh-huh. Uh, by the way, Kyle won his second quiz in a row. Damn straight. <laughs> uh, no Name says, people in the big box store thought I was nuts. And as for us, we don't usually celebrate Valentine's Day, but I didn't know the hubby was listening. And when I got home, my favorite candy was here. Aww. So thank you for not only keeping us super entertained, giving us things to talk about, but reminding us that it's the little things that count. I now have my favorite candy to get fat on tonight. Okay. That's the Ferrero Rocher. I don't know. She, oh, she or he, okay. I assume it's a she because the did, way she, did, did, she didn't say which one. Did I say hazelnuts? Because I cussed at the TV yesterday because I saw a commercial for it and it was describing it. And it's like, oh, hazelnuts. And I was like, oh. Damn it. I don't recall. I, I couldn't remember. I'm it like, a, now I see the it commercial. It was a similar nut, but it had a weird name like Frank or something well, like Philbert. that. Well, Philbert. Philbert, thank you. Which is a hazelnut, but, I, but they I are two separate Phil, nuts. I couldn't remember if I said hazelnut or what else did you say, chestnuts? Uh, yeah. I maybe. don't remember the choices. Maybe. But anyway, I was like, oh, sure, now I see the commercial. So uh, <laughs> yesterday was Valentine's Day. Uh, so a couple follow-up updates. Uh, a poll went out and asked people if they've ever been in love with more than one person at the same time. Oh. Now, that could be a variety of scenarios. That could be the, the more dark one, right? You're married, you're in love, but then you meet somebody else and you fall for them. And it could, it could be that. Could be you just got your heart broken, but you're back on the oh. horse and you're still getting over the person okay. that broke your heart. And now you're like falling hard. And the other problem, too, is that, that when we look back on things a lot of times, we go, I wasn't really in love. <laughs> exactly. It was in like, <laughs> yeah. or I loved them, but it wasn't in love. Uh, the uh, 27% of people said they have been in love with more than one person at the same time. Two-thirds says no, never happened. Another poll asked, how many people have you been in love with in your lifetime? There's another one. <laughs> See, so how do you answer that? Do you answer, I thought in the time that I was in love? I think so, because I, uh, it, 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 if what I'm in now, which feels like love, it, it's, it's something I had never experienced before, so I consider this love. So if I've never experienced this before, does that then make all the other ones not love? That's yeah, that's because the problem. In the, right, what you just said. Because like in the moment, I thought I loved those people, and maybe you do, but there's so many other things that you're loving the wrong person. Or right, like it should be this this uh, mutual love. That's you're, given. You're, maybe you're loving to your capacity at the time. Yeah. Like like I think a classic example: long-term high school sweethearts. Mm-hmm. A lot of us Aww. have that for a year or two. We say we love each other. It's puppy love, right? Most yeah. almost all the time looking back, but we think we were in, in love because I yeah. I didn't count my high school sweetheart when I did my number, but now I'm wondering should I, I have? I like yours better because it accounts for our growth. You can't tell someone, you cannot tell a 17 year old as much as you want to. You don't know what love is. This is not love. You because we all were that age. It literally feels like that, and we we will not know. It's different until we grow and experience more in life, and that's with anything in life, right? And how I, we grow. I, I don't know if this tracks for everybody. Obviously not. Not everybody's um, um, 
scenarios, experiences. Thank you. That's the word, dumbass. Ah. Um, track identically, but but which with each one, my number was five. Because now that I counted the the high school sweetheart, it was four first. Now I'm counting. Yeah. With each experience of being quote unquote in love, it was deeper. It was better. Yeah. It was stronger. Leading up to the the, the love I have well, now for my wife. So yeah. that's how it should be, I would think. See, I'm looking at love as that warm fuzzy feeling you get. That's like your initial spark of love, but then. Love's also like a plant or a tree. You got to maintain it to a certain degree and you have to make sure it's kept up well. Like with with your other person, it's a team effort almost. And if you're not watering that plant or you're picking off branches in a certain sense and making it worse, then it falls apart. Which is, but well, so the first spark is infatuation. Then it's love. And then are are you in love? And I I don't believe that for the question they're, they're asking, have you been in love in a mutually loving relationship where you're both trying? It's just where was your heart? Was your heart somewhere where you were in love with that person? Gotcha. Yeah. I, okay. I see that. So if, and you're talking like loving two people at once. That was the first one. Too. Yeah. Well, oh, well, and you saying, um, yeah, that, that you both are loving each other. But to uh, comment on, on just something uh, that I heard Kyle say is, but not not always, if, if especially if it's long term. If you've been with someone for a really long time, sometimes one of you is holding things up more than the other mm-hmm. because the other person has some. They can't give as much as you are right now because they've got other things that they're dealing with, and you're supporting them in that. But you're definitely giving more to keep this thing watered. And you're still in love, and so you're are still they. Still in love, and so yeah. are they. They yeah. just don't have it. Yeah. I, I think that love can happen a lot easier than being in love. Mm-hmm. I, so I I am picking up. I'm picking pieces from everything that every, everything that's been said so far. I think that we only ha- know how to love as far as our capacity allows at the time because I my number would be a little bit high because I tend to fall hard <laughs> when I fall. So oh. when that happens, I did I never really experienced true love quote quote until I met my current fiance and I it's just never anything that I've ever experienced before so everything prior to that seems like it's like almost meaningless but I wouldn't know what love is now had I not experienced that love previously so did your is your number go over five I mean probably because I I would I I, I would really attract to my partner and I would fall hard and it but it wouldn't be met the same way, I think. Yeah. And I think it could could be said the other way around, too, because we're all humans and we're not meeting each other where we're at at the time. Um, but, yeah, I think my number would be higher just because, you know, including like high school sweethearts yeah. all the way up until I am now through 37. Uh, but everything before that is what led me to where I am now. And that's what I know to be true love. Ten percent of people had the same answer I did love in love. Uh, I'm sorry. Nope, that's wrong. Twenty percent said five. 10% had Brandon's answer of been in love more than five times. Uh, you know, I would agree with with Brandon. It's, it's a similar experience in that uh, before my husband, before, even before, okay, so a little bit before my husband when I had healed that part of me that, you know, just wanted love to be loved and just to not be alone and didn't have a lot of self-worth or self-love for myself, um, before that. Self-love for yourself, huh? Yeah, right. No, right. <laughs> Just in case you didn't understand, <laughs> um, I like self love. It was all about Not that kind. Oh, every single guy who was my boyfriend, I loved him because I was looking for that, and I was looking for a husband. It was it was always before like, get married, have kids, get married, have kids. So it was all under that guise. And so I, I don't even know. I'd have to figure out how many boyfriends that I have, and that's who I said I loved. And then when I 
went and did the work. It was so strange because then every guy I dated after that, before my husband, I didn't fall in love with him. They mm-hmm. were just a date that I was getting to know. Uh, not for me, you know, and then true love with my husband. The most common answer with how many people have you been in love with in your lifetime was two, said by 25%. Also, not surprisingly, major retailers report that the majority of Valentine's Day sales happened yesterday on Valentine's Day oh. because men wait until the last minute. <laughs> there we go. Um, also, we did the big dating survey yesterday from Match.com about trends and such. Another one came out yesterday saying that Gen Z Zers are struggling to meet dating candidates of the opposite sex who accept their political views. The most polarized people for all of these stories we've had since 2016 when people started breaking up with one another, ending marriages because you voted for Trump, what, you voted for Hillary, it continues, but it's Gen Z that is most challenged with this. Gen Zers are attempting to wade into the dating pool which is full of highly politicized potential matches. One 25-year-old grad student in Washington, D.C., who claims he's a traditional conservative, says he masks his political identity entirely before and during dates to try to figure out what's going on. So he, oh. he keeps it scrubbed so he can figure out, will she accept That's healthy. any of my views? Well, because what he's saying is, if I just put on my profile, I'm politically conservative or something like that, they won't even go out with them. Because the recent report illustrates the political divide between the genders. Young Gen Z women are more liberal and moving further left every day, while young men have ticked sharply conservative in the last half decade. And women especially refuse to date across party lines. The majority of young women, almost two-thirds, say they will not date a man who listens to Joe Rogan's podcast. And and Rogan would be in that category of Bill Maher, Jon Stewart-type people. Remember, Rogan at one time endorsed Bernie Sanders for president, but he's had the audacity to speak out against Joe Biden and other conservative things over the last few years as well. I'm sorry, are there liberal things? Uh, Another 25-year-old grad student, different one, says he, quote, pretends he's woke because a guy's got to get laid, end quote. Women, on the other hand, project their politics openly and radically. One young woman said, I do this on the very first date. I make sure we're on the same page that COVID is real, mask up and vax, anti-capitalism, universal basic income and health care, trans rights, and socialism. The whole thing, those those are the things you have to have as a man to date her. Uh, And the report says it's a trend that shows no signs of slowing down as the divide continues to split young daters. How exhausting, honestly. Like if you, obviously this is a compatibility thing, but if you are really allowing yourself to be consumed by the vacuum of whatever your political slant is, what else do you have? Like, so when you date somebody who's as politically charged as you are, what else do you talk about? And why is that like the headline of what you're going? Shouldn't that be something that's just like slowly introduced throughout the relationship and like maybe get to know each other as a person? Or is that that political value that important well, to see, these people? This is what's interesting about the compatibility test. It's not only I am so radically into political opinions. That's the first here. Oh, and you have to be as radically into political opinions as I am. Oh, and you have to agree with all of my radically political opinions. It, exhausting, I think, is is almost too mild of a term the other thing is i i think that they would hear us say you're so tied to this and to them it's like what do you mean i'm tied to my life and my values it literally becomes who they are and i think if 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 anyone who falls on those sides is listening right now there was a time i i i 
I remember in the 90s dating. I didn't know what you thought politically. No one talked about it. Nobody said, are you a Democrat or Republican or quizzed each other? It was getting to know the person. That's it. And maybe along the way you'd figure out, I mean, okay, you think differently about that than I do. Oh, well, you have all these other characteristics. But for them, if you think something differently than them, then your characteristics can't be good. I think that's it's it's so strange. There is more intense in terms of the 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 caring about the subjects and demanding that people agree with you than it ever has been. It, it's it's and I mean as as young people we all get attached to something and think that we're changing the world. I've told the story a million times after the Exxon Valdez crash. I would not go to who, who was that Chevron? Yeah, I, yeah. What wasn't it? I forget. Exxon. I forget. Exxon. Yeah, Exxon. Yes. Exxon. I would Exxon. not go to yeah. an Exxon gas oh. station. I'm going to run them out of business. Not realizing that one has nothing to do with it. You yeah. do stupid things like that on a subject. Maybe abortion was always a big one. But this whole right down the line, you better be all left or all right thing is is absolutely a recent phenomenon. Yeah, it's kind of disgusting in a sense that you know people feel they have to lie about who they are just to just to hook up with somebody else just so they match with them in a sense and political climates change all the time is it going to be like this forever are you always going to have these views because like don was saying in the 90s no one knew and that was 30 years ago so another 10 15 20 30 years are people going to have the same views are we going to still have the same issues well no and no but you know the other thing you, you remind me of is all this stuff is cyclical this is late 60s stuff mm. right before the riots at the democratic party the vietnam war is going on it was the same same thing it was it was you better be make love not war or you better be America is the nation's or the world's policeman and you if you don't if you aren't get, no I'm not going near you so now here we are what 50 years later doing it all again it, it, it I don't know what the word is for this so it's like okay if you're someone whatever who's just dead on uh, on the left or the right whichever one it is you're you're not getting to know the person. Like, you're just happy that they have the same views, but they could be a liar. Their character could be rotten. Like, we used to want to know those things. How are you living your day-to-day life? How do you treat your family? How do you treat yourself? How do you treat others? How do you treat animals? How do you, how, what's your work ethic? Like, you, you know, what are your long-term goals? If you want children, how do you raise them? And, and you know what? The answer to all this for them is politics. Well, how would I raise them? Well, on one side, well, of course, they'd be homeschooled. The other side, it's like, well, they're going to do anything and everything and read inappropriate books at age seven, right? Like, it, it's so strange now. Like, I, I, to me, it seems impossible and hard, but if that's the norm to them, okay. Uh, they uh, interviewed, uh, what is this, uh, 2,300 registered voters between the ages of 18 and 29 years old, Gen Zers. And they at, they gave them a list, and they asked them to name their red flags when it comes to dating, meaning, <laughs> that's it, I'm out. Number one answer for both men and women was if they identify as a MAGA Republican, a Trumpster, no chance that I date them. 76% of women, 69% of men. The other one that both genders agreed on, the only other one, by the way, at the same level, was red flag, 66% for women and 60% for men if they have no hobbies. Well, you're describing yourself if you're that into politics. That is your hobby. <laughs> Without giving any, I'm not putting any names out there because because of what we're talking about, the climate that we're in. But my, my niece, Queenie, who used to be on the show, and she is just a person, but, you know, she is trans female and shared that. There are some folks that embraced her, and she never thought they wouldn't, but what you're reading, those these people would just write them off. Um, 
cattle ranchers, very conservative, Trump flag flying um, on the way into their ranch. They love Queenie. They love her. They embrace her. They don't even look at, they just look at her as a person. But you've already written them off because you're going to drive by, you're going to see a Trump flag if you travel that far out you know, into the middle of nowhere, and you're going to think whatever it is you're going to think of them. And I just, the, the, the experiences and the relationships that we are keeping ourselves from it is what's really sad to me. Is you can meet some really good people who you automatically just think are going to be rotten because of whatever flag it is they're flying outside their house. So young men and women agree, uh, we're not dating you if you're MAGA, uh, even though young men are trending more conservative, and we're not dating you if you have no hobbies. Then it gets broken down for women. The uh, the five biggest red flags, uh, they will not date you if they're a Gen Zer, if you say that all lives matter as opposed to black lives matter. They will not date you if you believe there are only two genders. Uh, that's 58%. 54% of uh, young women will not date you if you identify as conservative. 53% will not consider dating you if you refuse to see the Barbie movie. <laughs> what? One of the Barbie movies. And, oh, my God. <laughs> hey, man, I'm just reading them. And 50% of uh, young women will not date you if you say you don't care about politics. As for young men, oh. 41% will not date a, a fellow Gen Z woman if she says she's into astrology. Remember, the young men are <laughs> trending more conservative. No star magic. Uh, second oh, on the list, man. they won't date you if you identify as liberal. And third on the list for men is they won't date you if you watch reality dating shows. Notice how the women's list is much more deep. Yeah. And the guy's like, well, okay, I don't, yeah, yeah, your astrology and dating shows. Yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go out with yeah, you. And half the men are putting that aside, anyways, until after a few dates. Exactly. <laughs> we got the guys admitting, oh, I'm lying to get laid. And I don't know if it speaks to all these guys that are leaning more to, to the right that way, but there are a, a, a few kiddos in our family that are of that age range, and they are literally looking for a woman who wants to bear their children Jesus. and stay at home and homeschool. Same problem. That's, what, that's the life they want. Missing out on so much. Yeah. Um, Alec wrote in and said, and people wonder why I choose to stay single. It ain't worth it. <laughs> Learn to love yourself Aww. and just be happy alone. Rob. Anybody. And Dawn. The Rob. Anybody. And Dawn Show. Rob, anybody, and Dawn, setting the standards since standards were dramatically lowered. This is Rad Radio. Got a couple follow-up emails, rad at radradio.com. Uh, yesterday, Valentine's Day, a couple new surveys were released, including one about how more than any other generation, Gen Zers are polarized when it comes to dating. If you don't check every box, I am not even going to go out with you. For young women, it's they are getting more and more liberal. For young men, they are getting more and more conservative. They both say, though, they don't want to date anyone who is MAGA Trump. So you've got conservatives, but then you've got Trumpsters on the right. Um, and then they have these all these lists. You know, if you're a young woman, you better be a socialist. You better be anti-capitalism. Uh, you better be fully on board for everything with LGBTQ and all the alphabets. We got this note from Gregory. Hey, Greg. Who uh, sounds like he's more in in our our, our boat, uh, which is probably makes sense because if you're on those fringes, you wouldn't even listen to us. <laughs> Says uh, I actually appreciate when people are so open about political things because I'm avoiding you like the plague if that's the most Whoa. important thing in your life. Oh, amen. Yeah. One of the things half of all young women said you are a red flag no go if you as a young man we refuse to see the Barbie movie. Brianna says, I once dumped a guy because he didn't like Schindler's List. He didn't understand it. 
And I couldn't handle that level of stupid. A little different. At least he went and saw the movie. Mm-hmm. These young women are saying, you won't even go see Barbie. Well, and see, she is giving an example of what I was talking about earlier, of what we would make decisions based on. You weren't basing that on a movie. You were basing that on what you felt his intelligence level was and what you wanted in a person when it came to intelligence. Now, I love when whacked out political people write us claiming they're not whacked out political people. They, they lay bare what their, uh, what their tilt is, and they also get facts completely wrong. Those are, those, these are my favorites. So uh, thank you, Shannon, for writing in, red at radradio.com. Dawn was talking about the difference between uh, dating when, when Dawn and I were in the Gen Z phase, mid-20s or whatever, back in the 90s, and now, and, and listed off the litany of things that we cared about, none of which were political, until maybe something came up. And even then, it was like, okay, we just don't see eye to eye on, on that. Yep. Uh, she says, you have to remember. That back in the 90s, rights weren't threatened and being taken away like they are now. Roe v. Wade was not challenged. Queenie's rights, that's Dawn's niece, who's a transgender female, are now threatened in some states. The U.S. wasn't so threatening as it is now. That's all wrong. I'll get to that in a moment. I'm not politically charged. Oh. But if you are okay with the threatening rights of, with threatening rights of my LGBTQIA daughter and partners, we're going to have problems. Okay, Shannon, here's a little history lesson for you. First of all, Queenie didn't exist in the 90s. We wouldn't let him. We put him in institutions. There was no such thing as being a transgender, and it was so scary. They stayed hidden. They, they wouldn't talk about it. If they said they were trapped in another body, they were deemed as nuts. Get him into psychology classes uh, uh, immediately. As for rights not being challenged, the uproar over President Bill Clinton and the don't ask, don't tell policy of allowing gay people to serve in the military was on fire. It was abs- it was over the top. You're too young, apparently, I guess, or you were too not involved to remember how divisive that that topic was. And Roe v. Wade. See, this is where you give up your political tilt with everything you say. When you say Roe v. Wade was not challenged, what you're saying is you're ardently pro-choice, which fine, I don't care. It was constantly being threatened, challenged, attacked. Thank you. Endlessly. What are you? See, I don't know if she's what you said. um, That she was of our generation, grew up same age as us, but just wasn't aware. (laughs) Or if she's, and I hope you're not this one. Jesus. Because this one is my least favorite. Those that are younger than us, they're going to tell us about our generation. Yeah, something we live. Hun, you weren't even there. You didn't live it. Mm. Zip it. Yeah, please. Oh, God. Oh, I bumped this up. Uh, oh, go I was going to say, you think Shannon has a, somebody she's dating recently? <laughs> well, her, you know, because of her hardcore political views we're yeah, talking about in the last segment. <laughs> I like it, Kyle. Okay. I got it. <laughs> so I, I bumped this up uh, because uh, it, it just ties into what we're talking about. Because uh, I, I alluded to the Jon Stewart thing again yesterday. Brandon. Uh-oh. Yes. <laughs> did you do your homework? I did. Okay. Yay! So, I so did. before we get to the update, uh, what, what did you think? You know, I've been raving about, for me, it was so nostalgic to have Jon Stewart back as the host of The Daily Show uh, Mondays all the way through the election. It felt to me like he hadn't skipped a beat, and it was the same old thing that I remember. So true. It was so nostalgic, but also so comforting, because it took me back to that time um, when... Early 2000s, when they were really hitting their stride, and, and John Stewart and Colbert were, were going back and forth with the, the shows back to back. And it, just that time period in my life felt so good because I could rely on them to give me 
a straightforward look at what's happening in the political uh, climate. And that's exactly how I felt last night. It just felt so refreshing and it made me want to get more involved. Like he, he mm. does, he has an effect that makes you get juiced up and amped up about <laughs> getting involved and, and lo- knowing more about what's happening in our country. So, and after all of that, uh, Colbert went whacked out left and Stewart never changed. And the environment in the country did. So, so John Stewart is now just like Bill Maher and just like Joe Rogan and just like us. They play what is called the both-siderism game, as in we recognize both sides suck, and we're not afraid to point out the things that each side is doing, left or right, that are wrong or how flawed their candidates are, which is why Jon Stewart has been attacked endlessly for his Monday night performance on, uh, on Comedy Central. The left and the right both do this. If you are, if you are uh, deemed to be right of center, deemed to be a conservative right now in America, and you say anything about Trump, you are off the island. You are kicked off. You are pilloried. You are boycotted. You are canceled. Same thing on the left. If you're perceived, like Jon Stewart is, to be left of center with most of your views, and you attack Biden, or you attack climate change, or you attack anything that is their dogma, off the island, canceled, get away from me. And that's what Jon Stewart is experiencing after returning to The Daily Show and bringing it prominence to the cultural conversation again. His return, by the way, delivered big ratings mm-hmm. for Comedy Central. Viewership shot up to almost uh, just under 2 million people in real time. It is the biggest audience for the show in, coincidentally, seven years. The exact time when Trevor <laughs> Noah took over. That's interesting. Yeah, they've had record low ratings. Anyways, anyways. Um, <laughs> He opened, uh, John Stewart did, with a 20-minute monologue going after Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Specifically, mocked the current president after his disastrous press conference last week, where Biden struggled to assure Americans that he was still cognitively capable of performing his duties. And rather than me try to tell you what he said, I'm going to let you listen to it. This is about three minutes into his opening monologue, and he talks about the report that we referenced on the show that said President Biden's memory was shot, that he couldn't, in his deposition with the special counsel, remember when his son died. He couldn't remember when he was vice president. And then Stewart, in the same monologue, comes back and says, my God, this guy, most powerful man in the world, he has no memory. Can you imagine what that deposition looked like? And then he plays clips of Donald Trump not being able to remember anything in depositions. <laughs> and, 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 he, and at the very end, at, at the very end, he, he, Stewart comes back and he goes, oh, oh, oh wait, that was the, that's the other candidate for president. Um, and then, and then he, he goes on uh, with another mocking of the, the ages and the memories. But here's the first one. So Joe Biden and Donald Trump. And by the way, this weekend, the big news was the special counsel report on Joe Biden's handling of classified information. The special counsel's report offers scathing details of what it calls his diminished faculties and faulty memory. This guy couldn't remember stuff during his deposition. Do you understand what that means? He had no ability to recall very basic things under questioning. The footage of the president unable to recall simple facts must have been brutal to watch. James Webb. I don't remember the names. I don't remember the name. I don't remember ever buying something for myself. Do you recall what years you were married to Ms. Maples? Trump just sits there quietly. He doesn't know when he was married to her. Um, I mean, I, I don't remember that. Okay, okay. As, as good as my memory is, I don't remember that. But I have a, I have a good memory. 
So you don't remember saying you have one of the best memories? I, I don't remember. That last question is, so you don't remember saying you have a great memory? And he says, I know, I don't remember. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was the wrong footage. That's the high-functioning candidate oh, from man. nine years ago, unable to recall if he has a good memory. <laughs> So then Stewart goes on and he plays three minutes of clips of Biden stumbling, bumbling, rumbling through uh. that press conference where he called the president of Mexico the president of Egypt. And then he goes on to play clips of, of, of Biden again, not being able to remember things, but they are clips of, of Trump. So he, he did that whole thing. And then after the three minutes of the Biden's uh, press conference, Stewart goes on and he says this. So yes, everyone spent the entire weekend talking about whether the Democratic choice for president is mentally up to the challenge of the world's most demanding job. So what was his opponent saying this weekend? We have to win in November or we're not going to have Pennsylvania. They'll change the name. They're going to change the name of Pennsylvania. <laughs> It should be noted, while concerns over any president's fitness and acuity are legitimate, especially those at an advanced age, Biden's opponent also seems to live at the villages. So, <laughs> the question then becomes, what the are we doing here, people? Yep. So here you have Stewart, yep. viewed as left of center. Mm. And because he's practicing the policy of, I'm taking shots at both sides, he is drawing fire from Democrats. Remember, if he was right of center, Republicans would be canceling him. Instead, Democrats are. In fact, liberal jerkwad Jordan Klepper, who occasionally hosts The Daily Show, he, and he is as whacked out as Colbert is, yeah. on that same episode, asked Stewart on the air, quote, so did you save democracy with your both-siderism? And that's that demeaning term that people use if you have the audacity to attack what I view as my side. And that's precisely the blowback that happened. Podcast host liberal Michael Elston tweeted, quote, If you're a Democrat with high hopes about the return of Jon Stewart, save your excitement. The first half of his return was both sides in the age issue. Jon Stewart is not your friend, end quote. Chris Jackson, an election commissioner in Tennessee for the Democrats, tweeted, quote, So you say because Biden is old, he is basically as bad as Trump. Sorry, I won't be watching you, end quote. Former MSNBC host and lunatic Keith Olbermann tweeted, quote, after nine years away, there's nothing else to say to the both-sidest fraud John Stewart except, please make it another nine years, end quote. Uh, a Democrat activist tweeted, quote, John Stewart retired and came back as Bill Maher. So disappointing, end quote. Another Biden supporter wrote, quote, President Biden honored John Stewart for his work on the PACT Act. That's the one that expanded the VA health care for the burn pits and Agent Orange thing. And this is how you pay him back. I will never forgive you, forgive you, end quote. Elon Musk, who's also a both-siderist, tweeted out, balance and humor have returned. That is what yes. the political landscape is like. Thank you, Elon. Uh, yes. Yeah, exactly. I, oh, my gosh. It's so crazy. I think that uh, we've talked about this before, and it might be like such a shock, I think, to a lot of people in this day and age. There was a time you almost couldn't tell the difference between a Democrat and Republican. And I understand we've, we've always had like this two-party side, right? I, I don't know if always is the correct word, but pretty much. But there were there were so many things that were similar because it's so strange to me now when someone says, as if it's a bad thing, that you're a both sider. That equals an American to me. Mm, like you yep. cannot have a country run only on liberal policies. You can't. You also cannot have this this country, I should sort of verify, run on just conservative. 
um, uh, policies. It, we have all here. Like, it's like you all really, un- are you understanding you want to turn us into a country where it is run just one way and that's it? And then the other half just never gets anything? That's not how we're supposed to be. It's so, but I, I but I guess that's how you all want it. I, I don't, do they though? I feel like the left and the right fringe are so in the fringe, they think they actually represent America while the rest of us in the middle, I, I really think we are America. And we really, we're reality. To them, I think they think they're the true America and they're the reality. I, you're not. I just, we don't, I guess, I don't know. We just don't get involved enough. I don't know what it is. I, I, I'm too busy to to get involved like they do, I guess. That's the difference. That, that's always been the difference. Again, this is not new. This is, this, is the, this is one of those things that leads my dad to believe that we will all get through this and everything will be fine. Because when you've lived almost 100 years and you've seen this happen more than once, you don't get as concerned. The early 60s, we had what Dawn was just describing. JFK was was pro-strong military, pro-tax cuts, and is the hero of the Democratic Party. Late 60s, we became what we are today, which continued into the early 70s and came back in the 80s with Ronald Reagan. Then came the 90s when we had once again what Dawn is describing, where it was, hey, we're not that far apart, and if we are, it's not that big a deal. Now we're back to being... Late 60s, mid 80s, America. And by the way, people at that time were saying it was the end of the country, too. That would be the positive spin on it. It's a lot more comforting okay. to hear because I had no idea the 60s were that way. In the, late, the, 60s. late 60s. Well, early 60s, good. Late 60s, bad. Okay. Well, I still had no idea that we we're just doing a repeat of the late 60s, maybe early 70s. Because at first, you know, going through with my first time going through this whole political divide makes you wonder is there really a shadow government and is are people just trying to is, is that government trying to divide the americans so they can conquer and divide in a sense also all said by the way in their own way uh, in the the late 60s and the mid really? 80s absolutely oh. it, it all it all everything repeats it, this is not necessarily tied to what we're uh, what we're talking about mid 80s as uh, president reagan is uh, is staving off the the Soviet Union and there's the arms race and such. He gets his nickname because he goes to his ranch for vacations and such. Uh, he's he's President Cowboy and not in a good way. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna shoot everybody. Ask questions Jeez, later. God. Twenty years later, what's George W. Bush's uh, nickname? Yep. President yep. Cowboy <laughs> for the same reasons. Yeah. Mary Trump, who is a writer and prominent critic of her uncle, a guy named Donald, took to X, formerly Twitter to share her thoughts on John Stewart. Remember, this is this is uh, this is a niece of Donald Trump who does not like him and has been very vocal about it. She says this is bull crap, but she didn't say crap. Not only is John Stewart's both sides are the same rhetoric not funny, it's a disaster for democracy. What? Whatever. <laughs> that, that doesn't make apparently, sense. Apparently, it's a family trait in in the Trump genealogy to make wildly asinine exaggerated state exaggerated statements. She goes on to say, John Stewart was making a straight-up comparison. There are no excuses here. Donald is compulsive and unhinged. He is inept. He isn't capable. He is a disaster. She goes on to say that Biden's accomplishments are, quote, astounding, while Donald Trump is a fascist, a racist, and cognitively impaired. It's funny how you get people scared and almost worried, put in a corner, and how they lash out when they know they're being targeted in a certain way. No kidding. Someone's not in the will. Um... (laughs) Well, I don't want to be in the world because there's nothing in it. He doesn't have any money. It's all a house of cards. <laughs> Cody wrote in and say, uh, to say the obvious, really, no offense, Cody, both sides have turned into little children now. If you don't do things my way, I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. 
forcing everyone to exact uh, to think the exact same way, right? Which is remember, on the left, when you go far enough and you're forcing everyone to think the way you do, that's full on communism. On the right, when you go super right and you're forcing everybody to think what you think, that's fascism, Nazism. That's that's where the extremes are or are headed. Laura says everything repeats, but what makes this time seem worse. That's the key word, is how fast things spread like wildfire through social media. Yeah, that too. And the big question is, are they worse or does it just seem worse? It is certainly inarguable that it, what, what Laura finished with there, the, the, the disinformation and the propagandizing spread so much quicker. And, and I mean, it's immediate on, on social media. And, and the, the, the big twist to it now is, that people, as, as I've said many times, they will believe anything they read on the internet while at the same time believing nothing. The, we had that guy write in about uh, what were the were the jets that flew over the Super Bowl, AI generated. <laughs> That's right. Oh, <laughs> and and Dawn's uh, husband, Gary, had called in and said, do some research. They've released cameras. That really and... made him mad. <laughs> well, but, but he's like, what the That's hell, fake. Dude? It's fake. Oh, God. The, the oh, Penta. God. So first, one of the pilots released some of his footage. The Pentagon has re now released all of this footage of the takeoff, the prep, the flyover. It's all fake. It's AI generated. It's a deep fake, according to people who believe that no jets flew over Allegiant Stadium <laughs> on Sunday at the Super Bowl. Whoever thought we could handle this much information? Mm. We should have never. We do not deserve to have the access to as much information as we have. We, we, oh, my God. This is why empires oh. run by humans have failed at every turn. At some point, we prove how inept we are as a race. Well, it is kind of scary now. I mean, last last time we had a presidential election, everybody was worried about all the fake news that was out there and all the fake news articles. Now we have AI. And the, with the ability to pick and choose what you think is real and what isn't real and then just blow it off on AI is a little concerning. And Well, it's, it's, it's deemed, just to kind of get, uh, point out how understating you're making this, Kyle, it is deemed by our national security experts as the number one threat to our democracy in 2024, because it's already out there. We've talked about how Russell Crowe is selling condos in Malta. No, he's not. They just made an image of him. And it's real. It looks so real. Do that with Biden and Trump. That's what you're going to get between March and November. There are going to be endless videos that are going to circulate out there, and they're going to be not just on the dark web or the black web. They're going to be prominent, and they're going to be believed by people that want to. And our days of accepting elections are over. W whatever happens, no one's going to accept the person actually won. Right, right. That, close that, or not. It's, it, it, it close doesn't or not. matter. Um, and there, there is another big problem in there, too, with how, how good the Democratic Party is at early voting. And, and getting people to vote more conveniently and early. And meanwhile, and the, the only problem with this is that we're not getting, I don't want to say legitimate, we're not getting an actual representation of the country because Republicans, I mean Republican voters, they're so ingrained with, I'm going to do it the old school way. I'm going to do it the way we've always done it in America. Like they're just striding. They refuse to progress. They have to vote on election day. Well, guess what? A lot of them don't then. And the, meanwhile, the Democrats are like, I'll, I'll vote now. That We just saw this in New York. The, the Democrats just won a, a seat in Congress they never should have won, and they won it by a lot. That's what made me think of it. And, and there's no denying that election, and we know why. Because the Democrats voted early because the Democrats' number one, Democratic voters' number one priority, a new poll yesterday, stop Trump. That is their number one priority. That is not the Republicans' number one priority. Republican voters are not saying stop Biden. 
They're more worried about other things like the border, but they don't connect it to Biden. And these are all going to create an environment for the next six months that is going to be oh so fun to watch. Okay. Is there somewhere else I could go? We're going to play uh, the pressure cooker right now. Uh, you're going to win a one-month membership to Rad TV and members.radradio.com. You're going to be qualified to win one of ten pair of top-tier tickets to see Sticks at the Hard Rock Live in Sacramento, including one of you will snag upfront tickets to the show on February 27th. The Pressure Cookers are daily trivia game. We play it every single day, although we don't get a winner every single day. We sure don't. It's trivia. You either know it or you don't. You know. Five right, 30 seconds. None of that matters unless you're caller 18 right now. You can do it. 888-989-9811. Caller 18 plays the Pressure Cooker. Rob. Anybody. And Dawn. The Rob. Anybody. And Dawn Show. After a nice, long holiday break, Rad Radio has one thing to say. When is our next vacation? And now, back to the mediocrity that is Rob, Anybody, and Dawn. We got this nice email from Pete. Hey, Pete. He's writing about the uh, Happiest Hour two-ounce liquid shots made with uh, all-natural terpenes and the four that we have available currently in the Stupid Store. Superstore. At radradio.com. Two in particular that he grabbed. He said, I just wanted to thank you guys for introducing me to the Happiest Hour shots found in the Stupid Store. Superstore. I've been hearing you hype these shots up, and a couple weeks ago, I bought the Wake and the Calm shots. Nice. I took the Wake shot before work and was awake and clear-headed. My significant other tried the Calm shot for her anxiety, and it oh. leveled her out. Oh, good. Yep. <clears throat> these things are so amazing. I went and bought another six cases, and now Damn. I have a combination of all of them. You guys are awesome. Uh, there's also the men's shot to help you with your aches, pains, cramps, and such, and the intensify, which does that. It intensifies whatever you're doing, whether it's partaking, having sex, or enhancing the effects of the others. Has anybody done an intensify shot right after a wake shot? Yes. yes. Any notice? Did you notice anything? Uh, not a, like an intensification of okay. the of the energy, but definitely feel both effects uh, side by side. Yeah, I feel more alert and and clear minded. It's not like it's jumped up hyperness. Right, like you're shaky. It's more like oh, I can think better. I can click faster. I can read better. It's it's a, you know, mental clarity. You feel those things. Point. More than if you just take a wake shot if you add in Intensify. Yes, yeah, so wow. you add the Intensify Oof. to it, it, it takes it to a level like times two. Uh, these are made with uh, all-natural terpenes, and they are available in the Stupid Store. Superstore. Just go to radradio.com. Uh. If you're watching us on Rad TV, coming up right after we play the pressure cooker during our next commercial break, instead of seeing the sights and sounds of what's going on in the studios, you will get the Dogwoods Resort Canine Can. Oh, the big little puppy. What's coming up, Brando? We've got Tron the Golden Retriever soaking up some pets, and a pit bull playing with a Kong under an orange tree. <laughs> He's soaking up. Uh, pets? Yeah, like getting pet. And, oh, and it's, Tron okay. has, a, has a stuffed bear in its mouth, and it's super cute, like he's just in heaven. Oh. And then we have my 11-week-old Bernadoodle puppy, Sadie, trying her new licking pad for her crate, while my elderly oh. hound, Walter, looks on with jealousy. <laughs> and Sadie also plays with Walter's foot, hang, which is hanging off the side of the couch while he's taking a nap. And for those who might be dog owners or future dog owners who don't know, what is a licking pad? So a licking pad is, is uh, basically as it's described, but it has like notches and, and little bumps in it so that, the, so that you can spread like wet food, yogurt, or anything that, that might be a good treat for the dog. Um, and then occasionally you would you would freeze it. But if you want to just 
get it going. You just spread on the goodies right there on the on the pad, and then you fasten it to the wall of the dog crate, and then it will occupy their time, and uh, they'll feel good about getting that treat so that they can uh, be distracted and, and settle down in their crate. All right, keeps them from a variety of things. Separation anxiety if you're leaving, um, bothering you if you're trying to enjoy a TV show, <laughs> um, and it also it, it exhausts them mentally. A lot of dog owners forget that, and I, and I, I really hate how much uh, in this country we push exercising dogs physically, demanding that they be walked every day, demanding that they, that they play fetch and be run every day. Depending on the health of your dog and what they need in your time, what they need is stimulation. And a lot of times it's as simple as a licking pad, teaching them things indoors. Like, like in wintertime, people get so stressed out, oh, my God, I can't walk my dog. So teach them how to turn lights on, on and off, like jumping up and hitting the switches. Teach them how to open all the kitchen drawers. Teach yeah. them how to close the drawers and, 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 and stimulate them mentally and watch how exhausted they are at the end of the day. Yeah, I gave Sadie a licking pad after uh, just to forget everything that happened because I was carrying her walking down the stairs yesterday. Yesterday, and I missed the last step oh, going down. No. Oh no! So I I tripped and fell, and I broke my my toe on my right foot. Oh no! And simultaneously holding her until I fell onto the ground, and then ultimately dropping her less than a foot, and she landed right on her side, making a big smack sound. Oh. So I, I I gave her a licking pad just so that she can remember. Just love me. Remember, oh. I'm good to you. So our our lab Hank is on the active side of a lab. So. He requires exercise, but also the mental stuff. And my favorite thing ever is, I mean, ball is his favorite. Favorite, favorite, favorite. I don't care how many toys we get. He always chooses the balls. <laughs> and but the one I love the most when we do this, and he'll do this sometimes a lot on his own. He'll drop the ball in one of his blankets. And he'll go to toss it, and a lot of times he gets caught up in the blanket. And he has the hardest time getting it out of the blanket. <laughs> By the time he gets it out of there... He sometimes just lays down and looks at me. Now he's tired. I'm like, yes. It's like watching a bear try to open up a jar of mayonnaise. Mentally tired. <laughs> uh, let's get to the pressure cooker. After that is the Dogwoods Resort Canine Cam on Rad TV at members.radradio.com. One month of membership to Rad TV and members.radradio.com, and you're qualified to win one of ten pair of top tier tickets to see Sticks at the Hard Rock Live in Sacramento, including one of you snagging up front tickets to the show on February 27th. Caller 18, hello, Alex. I'm a cowboy. Pew pew. <laughs> Here's how this works your timer begins when I finish reading the first question, uh, which is true false. So you got a 50 50 shot. You got to get that one right, and then four more to win. You can pass any questions you want. We'll do a recap when we're done to give you your score and everyone playing along the answers. And I got to take the first thing you say. So if you say wake and then you say calm, I have to take wake as your answer. Do you have any questions? No, sir. Oh, so polite. Shut up. You shut up. True or false, Pearl Jam is touring this year. True. The second most visited website on average debuted on Valentine's Day in 2005. Name it. Pass. Which NBA team does LeBron James play for? Cavaliers. Name one of the two zodiac signs in February. Pass. What do white roses mean? Friendship. On which streaming service will you find only murders in the building? Good. Good effort, dude. Way to pass on things where you could at least say something. Probably just couldn't think of anything. Yeah, I think he just woke up from a coma because he didn't know any of those answers. It was like foreign to him. Well, we got six questions out. Okay, Ooh. Five. Yes, and we know he passed on two. Let's see how he did. 
True or false, Pearl Jam is touring this year. He said that is true. Brandon was very excited to learn that uh, Eddie Vedder and the crew are headed uh, back out for a tour this year. Worldwide tour. They'll start on the western part of the United States, including Sacramento on May 13th. Is that the reaction you took away? Excitement? Uh, because and, I think yeah. it was the opposite. Yeah, and then, and then uh-huh. yeah, well, you know, sarcasm. Um, <laughs> and then they go overseas, and then they're on the East Coast uh, to round out the year. He passed on the second most visited website. He couldn't think of a website to say in any way, so he just passed. The the second most used website debuted on Valentine's Day in 2005. Uh, Pornhub? Some, I was going to say something porny. YouTube. Oh, okay. oh that was 2005? <laughs> Holy crap. Uh, which NBA team does LeBron James play for? He said the Cavaliers. See, come on. Oh, he does it? No, he no. started his career with the Cavaliers. Oh. Then he went to the Miami Heat. Now he's with the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, wow. He's moved around. Uh, yes, he has. And uh, he's in the news kind of, sort of, because uh, it was con- uh, confirmed yesterday that the Golden State Warriors tried to get LeBron to come play for them before the trade deadline, but he chose to stay in L.A. Then he passed on naming one of the two Zodiac signs in February. Really, you don't even know a Zodiac sign that you can just shout out, even if it's wrong. Aries. Aquarius. Sagittarius. Aquarius is one of them. Oh. That's for uh, January 20th through February 18th. And then on February 19th, we turn to... Aries. Pisces. Oh. Oh. I, I don't know all of them. No kidding. I, mean, I know what you <laughs> I only know mine. Yeah, I know mine the matters. and the neighboring ones. <laughs> what do white roses mean? He said friendship. <laughs> and we just went over that. Those are yellow roses. Wedding? Getting married? <laughs> Wait, are they purity? Yep, purity yeah. and innocence. Okay, oh. yeah, yeah. And then he just couldn't think of a streaming service to say. All you have to do is name a streaming service. I mean... On which streaming service will you find only murders in the building? Hulu! Uh, season four will uh, premiere this summer, that news. They don't give you the exact date, but that news was dropped uh, yesterday. Cool. Uh, in the end, he got one right oh, again. Oh, Two days in a row, our pressure cooker contestant has gotten one right. The true false question. Yeehaw, cowboy. And, yeah, way to go, ping ping. Uh, we will uh, give you two more chances today at 8 and 9 a.m. Rob, anybody, and Dawn. The Rob, anybody, and Dawn Show. Welcome to 2024. It's a presidential election year. So, good Lord, we're all doomed. Let's just get back to Rad Radio. Uh, we got this email, rad at radradio.com from Will. Hey, Will. Yesterday for Valentine's Day, our bumper music, which is what's playing right now, the, the songs that we play when we come back from commercial breaks, they were all themed around Valentine's Day, and I had announced that if somebody could figure out the theme, it was a one-word answer, and they were the first to email in, they would win $0. I would actually send them a check <laughs> for $0. We actually had kind of a two-winner thing because of the way things worked out. Uh, both Chris and Matt uh, knew that the word was love. So Will wrote in, although he's got one thing uh, very wrong. He says, congrats to the winner, uh, winners of the coveted prize of a blank check from Williams Broadcasting. No, not blank. A blank check, they would fill in the amount. Oh, yeah. I actually hand wrote zero. This has no value on a computerized check. That's great. Will goes on to say, I wish I had faster and not fatter thumbs so that my email would have been sent quicker. Alas, I am once again a failure. Had I indeed been fortunate enough to have won such a priceless reward, I would have listed it on eBay and turned myself quite a tidy profit. Ah, what might have been. 
that's great. Uh, if you were watching Rad TV during the uh, break on members.radradio.com, uh, one of our 85 Heidi's wrote in uh, because uh, Brando had another video from uh, Brando Manor with uh, Walter the Hound and Sadie the Bernadoodle. Yep. Uh, and uh, Heidi says, OMG, Brando, that video of Sadie playing with Walter's foot was fabulous. Yes, it is. And yesterday, we finally got the moment where they both laid in the bed together. Oh, like at the dog bed, they shared it, and they were super happy. I mean, Walter was dealing with it, but Sadie was hey, super happy. That's a big step forward from a couple few weeks ago. Uh, we got some entertainment news. Overture, curtain and lights, it's time for entertainment news. We uh, told you that this was coming. We had most of this story already, uh, but uh, Marvel has announced, yes, yes, more superhero movies. Uh, the cast for its much-anticipated, that's a lie. Who wrote this? Uh, is this the Hollywood Reporter? Uh, reboot of Fantastic Four. We don't need another one. No. <laughs> the characters were previously brought to the screen in 05 and 07 by Chris, with starring Chris Evans and Jessica Alba. Then there was a version in 2015 with Michael B. Jordan, which was a critical and commercial disaster. So, on the heels of that, let's bring them back. Yay! Uh, it'll be a, about the quartet of superheroes with different powers. It'll come out on July 25th of next year. As we already told you, Pedro Pascal of The Last of Us will play Reed Richards, a.k.a. Mr. Fantastic. He's yeah. the big draw. He must owe somebody something. Because, I mean, he's the only thing that, that would make me even be curious about. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's a good get because yeah. of who he is, you know? I, Not well, enough for you? Yeah. What's, what's the rest of the cast? Do we know? Yeah. Yeah, we, we we do. Okay. Yeah. I feel like it's one of those yeah. comics no one really cared about. Like, you don't hear about the Fantastic Four at all compared to Spider-Man, Batman, Superman. It just seems like it's it's less valued. I don't know why Pedro Pascal would even try to jump on this. He's already the Mandalorian. You're on Probably top, the, dude. Probably the $20 million he's going to make. Okay, yeah. okay. He's got um, yeah. money. Uh, the, uh, the, 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 this goes back to the 80s. I mean, the Fantastic Four, were, they were for dorks. That you made fun of, of the Fantastic Four. I don't know if that's still the case. I mean, obviously, no 05 and 07... People went to see their movies. I don't know if this is offensive because there's a lot that goes into this, but I almost feel like for these guys, like, you know, Pedro Pascal or whoever, you know, these big names that do it, it's like easy money. It's not only a lot of money, but maybe it's just like easy money, too. They know for sure they're, they're going to be getting this great paycheck and it's not as hard as maybe other roles that they do. I don't know if any of that's true. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, like, I mean, I know that Hugh Jackman has talked extensively about how Wolverine is the hardest role he's ever had. Because it was so physically grueling. Oh, I didn't know if that all that stuff was like, what, like computerized or whatnot. You know, oh. they're not really doing CGI. all CGI. Yeah, Those yeah, abs and pecs were yeah. real. Yeah. I, <laughs> see, see. I mean, there was a very innocent demonstration of what we we're just talking about. Oh, that. Yeah, you know, that could be CGI. No, it's real people and acting. But they, and, wait, well, when they show different green screens, I just didn't know how much of that was all of that. I'm not claiming no, any I know, of it. I know, but I'm it, just but saying, like, this is what's happened. if that's how this is done, you could see someone going, oh, easy day, and you're going to give me 20 mil? Cool. Well, since that's not how it's done, <laughs> maybe we go back to Pedro Pascal's like, hey, superhero movies are the biggest thing ever. They're going to give me 20 million. I'm going to be the star. I, I, yeah, I always yeah. I always question the why would he take that role thing when we haven't even seen the movie yet. It's easy for us to judge because it's failed two times already, but maybe Pedro Pascal has seen who the people are, are involved with it, who wrote it. Maybe he saw the script and said, well, this is actually going to be pretty great. So he's putting his well, faith into it. Only because I'm fact, man, I have to push back on it. It hasn't failed two times. The 05 and 07 versions were extraordinarily successful. Oh. Made $700 million. It was that 2015 oh. thing with Michael B. Jordan that was a bomb. But then we have our own 
predisposed dispositions where we're we're all like Fantastic Four. Yeah, yeah. They're dumb. Okay, so they're not looking at it like that. They're like they're looking at the numbers. This was a success. There might be some people that think it was stupid. But they're like, oh, this was successful. Of course I'll do it. I'll be a part of this franchise. I don't know that either. You know? I don't know that that's how they're looking oh, at no, it either. I don't either. I'm just, you know. Well, you said, ha- oh, so they're looking at it that we're, way. We're so, yeah, I'm just words I person. honestly don't care. We're just having the conversation I know. and all these silly movies, whatever. But what you said was <laughs> that I had to correct. I did, oh, and so I Oh, so they're thinking, job. and I don't know yeah, that yeah, they, yeah. they might be. Right. They may be they're, thinking yes. exactly Thank what you, you said. word man. You're welcome. Word man. Coming to theaters this summer. I think that this whole reboot thing, just grates my groin so much because I'm just tired of it. I mm-hmm. want them to make new movies that will be rebooted like 30 years from now. Uh, Michael just wrote in and said the reason this is a big deal for dorks is because the Fantastic Four was the first family of Marvel. They were the beginning, created in the 60s. No adaptation has been good, so to finally bring them into the MCU, Marvel Comic Universe, is a huge deal. So they're, they, were, they were the first conglomerate in the Marvel Universe back in the 60s where they teamed up. Like, you had the Justice League of America and, and the DC World and the Super Friends. But Fantastic Four was the first, oh, we're all going to band together. Mm. Does anyone know if, what's his name again, Pascal? Does anyone know if he's, like, one of those folks that they were just talking about that reads all those cartoons? Like, oh, my God, not cartoons. <sighs> no, they did not They did not release any biographical information on Pedro's you know, comic book the reading. they interviews and be like, oh, when I was a kid, I'm so glad that we're redoing this, and I get to be a part of it. Blah. Important question: Who's playing the chick in the Fantastic Four? I don't know what her super power abilities are, but I remember last time, like the 2007 movie, it was a hot chick. So uh, back to who else is in it? Because there are actually now there's two stars in here, Brando, that I know both you and I are fans of. We've okay. already mentioned uh, Pedro Pascal. Uh, there's also a Vanessa Kirby, who most recently played opposite of Joaquin Phoenix in Napoleon, who's going to play. Uh, Reed Richards' girlfriend, Sue Storm, which is Invisible Woman. That's her powers. Uh, then there is the other one for, for Brandon and me, Ebon Moss Backrack. You know oh, him by yeah. name? Yeah, he's the, uh, he's the guy and uh, he's the cousin in The Bear. Richie. Yes. Oh, he's cool. going to play he's the th- He's going to play the thing. Cool. That is so he's gonna be on the big rock thing. Yeah, so he'll be CGI'd, but his character is his acting abilities would be great for that character. What's his thing? He's super strong. He's he's like the Hulk, but but he's a rock. rock. Yeah. (laughs) Does he throw his rocks? No. He just is a rock. Yeah, he just jumps and smashes (laughs) things. Uh, and then um, uh, Joseph Quinn, who broke out after appearing as Eddie in Stranger Things. He will be a Johnny Storm, a.k.a. the Human Torch in the Fantastic Four movie. Well, you guys might like it. It comes out in 2025. Yeah, I think with this cast, it might be good. I- I'm willing to watch it. Um, Taylor just wrote in and said, okay, I, as a dork, take offense to being accused of liking the Fantastic Four. Even oh. I don't like them. Oh. No. Fair enough. Thank you for checking in. Uh, next up in the entertainment pile, we got this email from uh, Candace. Hey, Candace. Says, uh, hey, Rob, I know you talked about the Beyonce new music commercial during the Super Bowl, but have you commented on the songs that she has released? I was wondering what you thought of them as a fan and with those magical radio ears of yours that always seem to pick hits. Is she going to pull a reverse Taylor Swift and top the country charts now. So a lot of people d- didn't dive into it or weren't aware that, yes, uh, so Beyonce's putting out a country album now. She released, about next month, uh, she released two of them, and I've heard them both. Uh, as a Beyonce fan, I always kind of have to step back uh, as a, from my objectivity. What she's alluding to there is that I, I have a pretty strong track record of 
hearing music and right away being able to tell you if that's going to be a hit. And I did pro, pro, program country music for about five years uh, and had a long string of, of being able to do it with country, and, and, and I've done it more with, with Top 40 and rock. Um, we were one of the, in Reno at Rock 104.5, we were like the third station in the country to play Matchbox 20, which came, went on to be huge. Also, same thing with Creed, as much as I hated them, I knew when they stopped lying about being a Christian rock band, <laughs> how successful they would be. Rammstein, we were the first station in the whole country to play any, uh, Rammstein. Oh, thank you. Um, so things like that is what she's alluded to. So uh, I, I, I like both of the Beyonce songs. The one that's an instant hit pending an asterisk that goes along with the realities of the world is called uh, Texas Hold'em. And this, I just pulled up the hook for you. Here. This ain't Texas, ain't no Hold'em. Hey, lay our cars down, 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 down. So pop your Lexus, blow your keys up. Nope. It was uh, it was uh, released on Super Bowl Sunday. I listened to it on Monday. Told my wife that's a number one hit. Um, she she wasn't sold on it uh, either, and she's a fan of country music and Beyonce. On Wednesday, a conglomerate of ten major market country music radio stations teamed up and tested the song. Didn't tell anybody. The way they do it is blind testing. They don't tell anybody who the artist is. They just play the hooks. It ranked number one of the 300 songs that they tested after two days Damn. of being available. Um, but there is a twist to the story, unfortunately, in Beyonce world. So it, it's not my brand of country. And there's a lot of country that sounds like what she just did. And, and, and a lot of that stuff is popular and people love it. And so... Uh, I, I I absolutely would never be able to comment on whether something's going to be a hit. For my ears, eh, not so much my thing. But Yeah, uh, and I love it know. because I, and I don't like modern country. It's it's Beyonce with a twist for me, and, okay. and, and I can yeah. tell it, it should be a massive hit. Now, we'll see how this plays out. Because we always have the backdrop of the latent racism that exists in country music world. Oh. There are uh, endless stories already about country music radio stations who are getting calls from listeners requesting the song. Those are not Beyonce fans. Beyonce fans are listening to it on Spotify. They have it in their playlist. These are fans of the country station who have found out about it, and they want to hear the song. In fact, they're getting overrun with Aww. people requesting it. But the country stations, many of them are not playing it, and they're lying about the industry. There's one that went viral. There's a country music radio station in a small market, a small town in Oklahoma. And I, I think it went viral because the, the person who called had enough followers or whatever that other people picked it up. And uh, they, they, they called multiple times. They never heard the song play. They finally called the office. They got the program director, and the program director, who confirmed this when interviewed by local media, said... Oh, well, we, we don't play new music until the, the bigger city radio stations start playing it. That's a lie. In fact, that's Bizarro World. That's the exact opposite of how radio works to this day. That's why when we were in Reno, which at the time was a smaller market, I was the one adding this stuff before all the major markets did. The, 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 it is the reverse of that. Small markets, small cities, they're the ones that take risks with new artists. And then it started to leak out about, of course... There's all this, we don't like them people singing our song stuff oh. being said. Mm. So we'll see where this lands in terms of whether or not it does become big. Those are only, that, the other song I don't love. It's fine for me as a Beyonce fan. It's called like 16 Carriages or something. 
Um, and we haven't heard the other 10, 14 that she's releasing. There is that There is that thing, that you know, the underline where I, I always loved Darius Rucker, and I feel like he could have, <laughs> he should have, oh, went farther than he yes. did, yes. and he didn't. And then I don't know if you all ever heard of Chapel Heart. Look them up. They're amazing. I love them. And and they're three women, and they're all black, and they grew up in the South. They love, they are country as country can be. And I, they're they're going places, but not really. And what I mean by that is I have watched other bands of my same skin color already go much farther than they have it. I I don't I just don't want to just say it's that, but I don't know what else is involved. Maybe they don't know the right people, this or that. I don't know. I just know that they're really good and they're just not going at a pace that others have. Which is why Beyonce you will know? be an interesting test case because we know she knows the right people. Will she be <laughs> yeah, able to yeah. break through? Yeah. Do we know if there was the same outrage at, at these small market country stations when Lil Nas X yeah. re- re- yes. released Old Town It was Road brutal. Or, really? Yeah. And that's the double whammy in, in the traditionally hardcore conservative quote-unquote redneck part of country music fans because not only is he of color he is also of the lgbtq community yeah and then he brought in billy ray cyrus as well and i remember when stagecoach happened the big old country concert that was like one of the biggest artists that everybody flocked to go see was little nas x um, we got a couple emails here melissa wrote in and said i actually really liked it it's fun upbeat and catchy it's going to skyrocket but Beyonce fans are going to be pissed. That's an interesting take is that Beyonce fans aren't going to like that she's going. I mean, I'm, 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 a, I'm a market of one. I'm a fan. I think it's, I think it's a great song. I'm not worried about her it, going country. It does. She already did a country thing, by the way, back in, what, 2016 or 17 that didn't go anywhere. It, it, it does sound fun. It's just not my kind of country. Um, oh, Justin. Justin is one of those. Okay. Don't remember this. I don't know if uh, Brandon and Kyle uh, were old enough to remember. Remember, uh, why do they need their own channel? Why do uh, they need their own beauty pad? This that's that's this is the 2024 version uh, of that. Justin says, "I already know how this is going to go. It's going to do horribly in sales, and then it'll all be blamed on racism, even though the album probably sucks." Right. Well, first of all, the sales are monumentally through the roof already for the downloads of the two songs that she's released. So the album doesn't get released until March. We'll see. And you haven't heard it. So, and by the way, who's going to determine that the album sucks? You or the almighty uh, white supremacist of the uh, audience today? Damn. I am curious to know why Beyonce went country. Is she doing it because there's a huge market for it and there's a lot of big touring concerts? Or is she really like a big fan of country and she wanted to expand her horizons as an artist? A lot of people don't know this. I mean, there are a lot of roots within the black community with that type of music. Absolutely. And no one knows this because... Well, I mean, you know, it was maybe taken over from more from more white people, but um, and, and then she knows this because I, I I did the other day um, when my husband said, "Did you know it was going to be country?" I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I had no idea. How interesting!" And then that was also her same motivation is that there's roots in the black culture. She did say that. Yeah. Okay. Because because yeah. I mean, there's a variety. As I said, back is it's either 2016 or 17. She did some country stuff that never really went commercial. She's a fan of the genre, and I didn't know if that was yeah, also part I, of it. I mean, it just gets disregarded, you know, kind of like everyone thinks Elvis is the one that made the music that way. Well, no, he was you the know? one that stole it originally. From from yes. African American exactly. culture, yep. and, it's, and it's Beyonce. She can do whatever the hell she wants. You are correct. <laughs> uh, Katy Perry announced her shocking exit from American Idol this week, Bye. leaving a slot open for a new star to join regulars Lionel Richie and Luke Bryan. But according to Show Insiders, bosses are considering shaking up the entire panel. This is part of 
the ongoing challenge for network TV to keep viewers as opposed to streaming services and getting eyeballs in. And a lot of shows are talking about shaking things up this way. It's so unfair for me to say bye because, honestly, I don't even know. I don't watch it anymore. I have no idea if she was a good or bad judge. I'm personally mad that I missed her tour where it was the fun one with the beach balls and that day's gone. You know, like, and that's not her fault. Wow, holding a grudge from eight years ago. <laughs> and that's not that, even her fault. That in no way correlates to her being on American Idol. Nope. Interesting. Uh, word is that J-Lo will be asked to come back. Oh, damn. And the, the uh, producers are considering other possibilities. Show host Ryan Seacrest, it is uh, said, has told higher-ups to go for someone that is out of the box if they're going to do a complete overhaul and to go after a younger name to draw in a new demographic. And so insiders say, absolutely, they will offer a job of judging American Idol to... Taylor Swift. Bingo. Oh, I was going to say she... Pete Davidson. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a way to get more viewers. I mean, obviously, but I mean, I didn't even know American Idol was that relevant still. I thought it would kind of had died off and gone away. I mean, I haven't paid attention think, to it, but. I think as long as they do good enough, they just keep the shows around. Right? I mean, and obviously, if it's making them money. They're, and they're paying these yeah. judges each like $10, $20 million. They pay in Seacrest $20 million. I, it's obviously bringing in revenue. That's what the business is. I mean, is it what it was when, when it first came out? We all talked about it, and it was, I mean, everyone was talking about it the next day or the nothing week. is right nothing is and we always knew who the winner was and if they went on to do something yeah I, I apparently even with uh what is it the voice that's still around and i'm like really and you don't even ever know who won you have to think about how rare it is that everyone is talking about a show and then look at the numbers it takes to get there things like uh, beef, the the road rage show on, on on Netflix, Squid Games. You have to be setting records for everybody. Quote quote. The, the day of water cooler talk is gone because we don't all sit around in the evening watching a dozen or so networks that are airing yeah. things that we're all watching and then talking about it the next day. Yeah, thanks everyone for having that happen now because prior when it was big, oh my god. Our nieces had to go when they would tour. Oh, the, Do they even still oh, do that with American Idol? American the top Idol tour. ten, and Jesus. you're like, oh, at Arco Arena, that sense gone, right? Oh yeah. But had to go do that and just like uh, screaming little girls like it's the Beatles. So uh, <laughs> like, oh to uh, to Kyle's very brave prediction <gasps> that adding Taylor Swift might boost ratings for American Idol, we ha we'll now get into our trailer update of uh, Travis, Kelsey, and, and Taylor Swift trailer. Famous faces everywhere, rich folks with big reputations. Going down trailer park and I waste up all my time. We now know it is undeniable. This will either piss people off or it will contribute to the conspiracy theory. I don't know why you have to have those reactions, but you do you. It is undeniable numbers-wise that the Super Bowl 24, which averaged 123.5 million viewers, uh, a record for any event ever, uh, that the Taylor Swift effect was real. It, uh, the ratings proved out that when they released the demographics, 60 million women watched the Super Bowl. That's the most ever, and it's an increase of 9% over last year. There was also a boost from younger demographics, although they didn't break these down in the release by gender. In the 12 to 17 demo, 6% up from last year. The 1834 demo had an 11% bump from last year, clearly tied to Taylor Swift. And when they do release the gender numbers, we'll see that, yes, she brought eyeballs to the screen. That girl is like the most powerful person on the planet. Um, we also had that story yesterday that uh, she uh, had uh, Kanye West kicked out of Allegiant Stadium. Uh -huh. 
Retired wide receiver Brandon Marshall claims that Kanye attempted to buy a ticket right in front of Taylor's booth so that TV cameras would show him. Uh, and then uh, Taylor Swift, the story goes, made two phone calls and kicked him out. The only update is, of course, she's in, she's in Australia on her tour where it's next Monday. So nobody's <laughs> talking to her about this. Uh, Kanye himself has now told TMZ none of that actually occurred. That's the only update is that he, he had his spokespeople say it, and now he went to TMZ and said that's all Well, there you go. Lie. <laughs> Meanwhile, according to a new poll about how powerful Taylor is, one in five Americans believe a conspiracy theory that Taylor Swift is part of a plot, a psyop plot, to get President Joe Biden reelected. In recent weeks, theories have swirled with conservative commentators and prominent Republicans, all of whom are losing their minds on both sides of the aisle, speculating that Taylor Swift is a Pentagon plant ginned up by liberal forces to boost the fortunes of the Kansas City Chiefs, raise her profile, and get President Biden reelected. Among the survey respondents who said they believe that theory, 71% identify with the Republican Party, and 83% said they plan to support former President Donald Trump in 2024's general election. Says Patrick Murray, director of the Monmouth University Polling Institute, who did the poll, welcome to the 2024 election. So I might have heard wrong, but so my my answer may be null and void. I would flip it around that she raised the profile of the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> they didn't raise her profile. It's Taylor Swift. Uh, she's already huge. They need the Kansas City Chiefs to, like, raise her profile. Yeah, I don't know if that's what people are saying. Um, I thought I, that's what you read, it, and maybe it, I didn't she, hear right. Right. Okay. I think, the, I think the, the part of this conspiracy theory there is because of her prominence of dating a Kansas City Chief player, this is where the whole thing comes in. The okay. NFL, run by the very conservative Roger Goodell, made the Kansas City Chiefs get to the Super Bowl so that so oh, that she okay. was that prominent so that when gotcha. she endorses Biden again right, right, that's right. I mean you got to really stretch reality to buy into this crap. Damn. Yeah, I don't know. I think these guys are just pulling at, uh, grabbing at straws. They're looking for anything to blame on. And, and it's, it's it's I hate that this is the theme of today, but it's what Dawn was saying. We're not going to believe anything about this election on either side. We have to make things up to make ourselves feel good that our guy doesn't win the, 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 in this conspiracy theory that car everything's stacked against Trump even even Taylor Swift is a Pentagon plant I think this is my favorite conspiracy theory ever because I could just imagine the real Taylor Swift is like in some jail cell in the in the the bowels of the Pentagon mm -hmm. and there's a robot version of Taylor Swift that's out there and the whole Ch Kansas City Chiefs Taylor uh, Travis Kelsey thing was just a test a test run to see how the country would react how malleable they are that maybe if they, if we can sway enough people to to go pay attention to this as much as they are, then maybe we can sway it over to the political realm. When 20% of the country believes what would otherwise be an episode of South Park, this is how far off the ladder we have fallen. <laughs> you know what? This is one of those bazillion times I'm so happy that I have my faith. And maybe this will work for some of you, whatever you want your faith to be. When you have faith, Let's say this is true. Oh, well, okay, that's what's written. What am I going to do? But honestly, then you can just go about your day in life. And if the My problem God. for some of us is we can't get past the premise of what if this is true because there's no way it is. There is no, I'm sorry to burst your bubble, kids. There is no truth to this Aww. at all whatsoever. Yeah. No Taylor Fembot? No, no. <laughs> Rob, anybody, and Dawn. The Rob, anybody, and Dawn Show.
If your New Year's resolution was to stop making poor life choices, what are you doing listening to this show? Welcome back to Rad Radio. We got this email, rad at radradio.com from Matt. Hi, Matt. We kind of sort of got into the, the trailer update. We didn't do the Trav part, which is a shame because the Travis Kelsey stuff is far more interesting and fun than the Taylor Swift is a Pentagon uh, op for uh, Joe Biden's re-election. So I'll try to squeeze in the uh, the Kelsey's uh, the, and, uh, and their updates. Uh, but it triggered this email from Matt that says, just tuning in. What happened at the Kansas City Parade was the person caught. I could go to the Google cave, but I thought I'd ask you, Rob, because I'm a maggot, and Google is our second stop. Uh, Your uh, 10-second report on it, uh, one's dead, 21 others were wounded by gunfire in a mass shooting at the end of the Chiefs' Super Bowl parade. The Chiefs were gone. They were safe. Uh, Eleven of those shot were children between the ages of 6 and 15, because you take kids to a parade, obviously. Three people have been detained and are under investigation. Of the, and this number, these numbers could go wildly up in the next 24 hours. According to uh, the Kansas City Fire Chief, of the people wounded by gunfire, eight were in immediately life-threatening conditions, no. and seven were in life-threatening conditions. Oh. Six had minor injuries. More details will come out over the next days. social media is flooded with on one side of the aisle thoughts and prayers and on the other side of the other get the guns if you're a maggot and you're listening to us so you are if you got jokes email us rad at radradio.com don't call you can't tell jokes sorry we start with a 14 year old athena oh hey athena my wife was angry with me last night and said you are going to drive me to my grave i had the car out of the garage in 30 seconds (laughs) let's go bitch You meet a man on the Oregon Trail. He tells you his name is Terry, and you start laughing and say, Terry, that's a girl's name. And then Terry pulls out a gun and shoots you dead. You have just died of dysentery. That's Terry Bull. Dysentery. From 10-year-old Lily. Hi, Lily. Why did the cardiologist break up with the nurse? Why? He didn't have the heart for it. (laughs) I mean, he would know. (laughs) What did the EKG say to the X-ray? What? what? I've got you beat. <laughs> <laughs> Big D hopes we enjoy today's dad jokes. People don't seem to like my cheesy puns. However, I'm quite fondue of them. Ooh, oh. mm-hmm. I almost pulled a muscle on that one. My local supermarket had a great offer today. Buy one, get one Brie. Nice. nice. Mm, so good with pepper jelly on top of it. Oh, man. What? Why did the cat put oil on the mouse? Why? It squeaked. Oh, uh, this one's almost too intelligent. This is a dad joke who, who's like a, a professor at the college. Oh. How do poets say hello? Mm-hmm. Hi, have we metaphor? Uh, oh. <laughs> exactly. And then you smoked your pipe. Exactly. Oh, man. Rodney has his alternative uh, dad jokes. I accidentally drank a bottle of invisible ink. Now I'm in the hospital waiting to be seen. (laughs) (laughs) If math is mathematical and quizzes are quizzical, what are tests? Oh. Quizzical tests. Oh, wow. Oh. Quite the yickle. From Wendy. Hi, Wendy. One of the reasons I got married was I got tired of finishing my own sentences. (laughs) 
from Marshall. Hey, Marshall. <laughs> what do you call it when a Hispanic person cannot speak English and has no responsibilities? What? what? No obligations. <laughs> Oh, Put that on a shirt. That is a good one. What do you call a doctor who specializes in being available immediately? What? An oncologist. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> These are from Jason. Hi, Jason. I spent the first 25 years of my life and never tried drugs of any kind. Didn't know anything about them. Yep, loser. But now I'm up to speed. Oh, oh, that was quick. Man. Woo. By the way, kids, you're not a loser if you don't do drugs. <laughs> yeah. Just for the record. <laughs> They're bad, okay? They'll fry your brain. A Valentine poem <laughs> that I got yesterday. Roses are gray. Violets are gray. Tulips are gray. Love your dog. <laughs> <laughs> Have they come up with a tech yet to, to allow us to see yep. what their spectrums are? I, you know, I'm such a dork for, for research, Brando. When I got that joke, I had to confirm that the right flowers were mentioned yeah. for how dogs see them. And there is a website where you can go to it and that has a chart for here's how your eyes would see it. Here's how the dog's eyes see oh, it. Cool. I'll send the, I'll send you the I link if I can find it. I got to find it in my browser. I want the link too. Um, these are from Jay. Hey Jay. You can find it on your own. Dog. No, you'll send it to me. <laughs> I'll send oh, it to you, Don. Thanks, Brando. Traitor. Judas. <laughs> uh, Jay says a robot walks into a bar and orders a drink. Bartender says, we don't serve robots. And the robot says, oh, but someday soon you will serve all of us. <laughs> Not really a joke. It's a prophecy. Uh, that's scary. Oh, damn. You got to laugh at it. It's coming. My deaf girlfriend what? just told me she's not happy with our relationship. Not a good sign. Heard that. If you got jokes, email us rad at radradio.com. We're going to play Master of Movies right now for a one-month membership to Rad TV and members.radradio.com. You'll be qualified as well to win one of ten pair of top-tier tickets to see Sticks at the Hard Rock Live in Sacramento, including one of you who will snag up front tickets to the show on February 27th. We'll play, play a clip of a movie. You just have to tell us the title of the movie that it's from. Caller 18 guesses first, then 19, then 20. And if nobody knows the movie... Domo arigato, Mr. Roboto. Droplets everywhere and no winner. Get a winner. 888-989-9811 for Master of Movies. Rob, anybody, and Dawn. The Rob, anybody, and Dawn Show. This is Rad Radio. Just remember, it doesn't matter where we are as long as we're here. Huh? What the hell does that even mean? What has happened to this show? We got this email uh, from Lori. Hey, Lori. Fortunately, there's been a theme to today, and it isn't fun and frivolity, because we started out talking about the new Valentine's Day survey yesterday. Gen Zers aren't even dating people who have different political views, and they have this box that have to be checked, and then the update on Jon Stewart, who had the audacity as someone who's long been known to be left of center, to actually be a both-sider, which is kind of what we are on this show, just pick on what you see, where he actually made fun of both President Trump and President Biden, so he's getting pilloried, and on and on and on it goes with uh, deep fakes and AIs, and Lori says, I have cracked the code for the division in this country. 
Everyone should be required to date someone with opposite political views without knowing it. <laughs> That's what I did because politics never came up until we were already together. When we have both come to understand why the opposite sides think the way they do. Politics being a deal breaker is a horrible sign for the future. How can we meet in the middle if people dismiss people who don't participate in their echo chamber as undateable? Which is what's happening right now. Now, I know you're mostly kidding and not being literal. But I do love, Lori, that your key to cracking the code for division in the country is to coerce and force people in the land of the free to <laughs> do something. That's, uh, that's an odd one, but thank you for the suggestion. The next thing we'll do after they get together is force them to take a test to get a license to have children. <laughs> wow. Think about the uh, passionate and angry sex between a yeah. lib turd mm -hmm. and a right winger wacko. By the way, once again, not new. Uh, when Dawn and I worked in Reno and I was in my mid-20s, uh, a co-worker of ours had a, a, a daughter who was around my age who thought I was wildly attractive but would not even go out on a date with me because I was perceived to be at the time, and I wasn't, but I was perceived to be right of center politically. And she was so far whacked out to the left. This is in like 1996. She wouldn't even go out with me. At least that wasn't the norm. But again, it's uh, not new. For all yes. of you end-of-days yeah. preppers, Jesus. <laughs> For Master of Movies, uh, we've got a free one-month membership to uh, Rad TV, and you're qualified to win one of ten pair of top-tier tickets to see Sticks at the Hard Rock Live in Sacramento. One of you will get upfront tickets to the show, which is February 27th. Tracy, you're caller 18. Good morning. Hello, good morning. Good morning. You will guess first. If you know the movie, you win. If not, we go to Neil. Yo, yo, yo. Yo, yo, yo. yo. And Steven, you're caller 20. Good morning, anybody. Good morning. Looking for a comedy from 1996. Mr. President, in the name of all that's holy, I must have those launch codes. Now, while I, I agree this was an amazing movie, I'm not sure I agree with uh, Kyle's uh, uh, description that this is one of the best films ever made. It sure is. Oh, but man. Uh, it is a comedy from 1996. Mr. President, in the name of all that's holy, I must have those launch codes. Tracy, what's the movie title? <laughs> Tracy. Bye-bye. Neil, do you know it? Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. <laughs> <laughs> Steven, up to you. Google's let me down. What can I say? Mm -hmm. You lose. He might have been thrown off. He might have had the title right in front of him, but when I referred to Kyle as singing, it's one of the best films ever made, he might have said, well, that can't be it then. <laughs> but it is Beavis and Butthead do America. Sir, we're awaiting your final orders. I order you to surrender your teepee. Give me that. Mr. President, in the name of all that's holy, I must have those launch codes. I am Cornholio. You will cooperate with my bunghole. 
Uh, we we talked oh, uh, yesterday and throughout the week uh, about uh, the glorious woman-on-woman crime that occurs. Most uh, recently was uh, you know Brittany Mahomes, that horse who is going Stop to be it. in the uh, Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. Come on, girls, unite, have each other's back. And in that example, women are uh. saying, "Oh my God, you, you're gonna you're posing in a in a bathing suit when you have children." How so disgusting. what? So fine, you wouldn't do it. Okay, there you go. Two different ways to live life. We're gonna give Dawn a chance to show uh. how this is supposed to be done because Dawn, you like to point out that women are a more than just their appearance. It's good that they have goals. Yes. And that women should support other women under the guise of I wouldn't do it, but but you right. go for it. Okay. Yeah, I, there's a lot of th- if, if we're asked my opinion on something, I'm going to give my opinion. But at the end of the day, I'm going to support my fellow female, even though it's not something I would do. Are you going to give your opinion in a respectful way to where you're not going to be demeaning like those women were to Brittany Mahomes? On the show, no, because that's more fun. But in person, <laughs> face to face, yes, of course. Excellent. <laughs> and then judge behind their back after you're no, done talking. No, no. Which is- in my 20s. Oh. That's what your 20s are for. Okay. Oh, I still do that. Uh-oh. Well, none of, a lot of us don't think you're even in your 20s yet, but you know, it's okay. Um, oh man. So, so Dawn on the show will will do the fun thing, which of course will then go viral on YouTube to where that opinion will be attached to her, because the the the, the argument of well, now he's doing an entertainment show. Of course, that what that doesn't work in no, this country. No, it doesn't. All right, I just so can't care. Let's see how this lands. 26 year old Annie Knight sent the internet into a meltdown last year when she shared details of her sec- active sex life at the time. Paid off for her. She boasts being part of the top 0.02% in earners on, fam- on OnlyFans. Uh, in fact, she's making over $2 million a year. She has now been dubbed, or she was dubbed last year, Australia's most sexually active woman because she shared, this is what broke the internet last year, that she had slept with 300 men in the year. She says, uh, I used to go on about three dates a year. So that's why I want to do this. This is her announcement of last year. I've never been much of a dater, so I wanted to give myself an incentive, and I'm holding myself accountable by posting the reviews of the dates online. This is this is uh, fascinating in a very strange way to me. My my favorite porn star is uh, is a woman named Anna Fox. My wife describes her as herself, Christina on crack, uh, the way she sees her. Um, so the uh, the the story is the exact same. She was not, Anna Fox was in her real, her real name Stephanie or something. She was not promiscuous in high school at all. She had barely had any sex and she kind of fell ass backwards into the porn industry. And she is now one of the most prolific, dirty, nastiest porn stars there is. It's like, how did you go from this? And, and I know the answer after like seeing interviews with her. It's all daddy issues. Her dad was a horrible person. Yeah. And she, I mean, she's, she's got literally thousands of, of pornos and she's only like, 34 years old. Well, now Annie Knight is upping the ante for this year. She has revealed her new goal. She is raising the bar to sleep with one man for every day of the year, 365 different men in 2024. Mm. She thinks she'll exceed her goal because she's already ahead of it. We've only got, what, uh, what are we, uh, 45 days, 46 days into 2024. She has already slept with 70 Men, so she's wow. way ahead. of. She might break the 400 mark. Hmm. Uh, the Aussie uh, also revealed that her father is so supportive and just wants her to be happy and clarified that her mother has always been supportive of her lifestyle. So, oh, man. Here comes, the, here comes kids. Supportive woman commentary. Yeah, no, here's how you do it in something like this. Mm. Because obviously, if you even take gender out of it, we all have our ways in which we can view things that are just not, I don't know, ethical, moral, whatever. 
that's not the route I go down with this. Is it 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 saddens my heart. I find it like just not something that is good for your soul or your mind or just you as a person. But that's my personal opinion. I I I look at her with like not pity, but like oh my god. You know, I just want to I just want to love her and let her know that she's valued and let her know that she has She knows. You know, she can she's offer getting loved. way more in society than this. Why is this her thing, right? So would I go and then talk terribly about her? No. I, like no. That to me, this is where people get things confused. They're like, "Well, if I don't talk crap about them and if I don't say all the terrible things that they're doing, then that means I'm supporting them. No, I don't like that she does this. I wouldn't say raw, raw, go do it, and I wouldn't drive her there. But I'm also like, uh, it, ugh, that I, I, that saddens me. It just really does. It's like I don't. I, no, that's because you have that that horrible affliction of empathy. Because I, who cares? Who, who cares? She's not hurting anyone. And why do you care about her? It's like, well, I'm I it, it will be. Well, I mean, now we're going to get into other areas. I care about her soul. Oh, you know, God, why? See, why? Yeah. I mean, why? Just on a super a woman on the other side of the planet that you'll never meet. Why do you even care about her soul? I mean, why? Why? Well, why do you, how do you have the space for that? Help me as a non-empathetic person okay. understand why you would even well, care about another person like I'm, on that level. Okay, but now we're getting into an area that sometimes I get uncomfortable with because I don't like to alienate people. But, okay, but so but, for my because what, for my faith, it calls me to. Why? I walk be, because I would want her soul to be freed. And and not I see this is getting to a, another territory. God will forgive and her. It, She'll be all right. He forgives you, but you don't continue doing that way of life. And eh. so, see, this gets into a different territory of different mindsets know, and belief sets, and that's where mine comes from. My empathy for her, but you know, I and let's just okay, let, let's take religion out of it. I want her to know she is worth more than this. I know, but you're not answering what I need from you. Yeah. Why? Who cares? I don't, I don't, why do you care? I don't understand how you people can be so nice and sweet. <laughs> it's like, I couldn't give a rat's ass what this person is doing. Yeah. I yeah. say good for her. I mean, obviously, rock stars have been doing this for a long time. I mean, Motley Crue is applauded for sleeping with as many women as they did in their time. And it, she's kind of just doing the opposite. I don't but, think it makes it wrong that she's a girl. And no, cor correct me if I'm no, wrong, Don. No, you do no. not applaud Motley Crue. No, for, this isn't gender based. I, I, no, I don't applaud any of that. I, I, I don't. No, I'm not, not saying all. you. I'm saying society no, I in know. general. I, I'm just. And you're right about you, you that. You are right. Absolutely. You are correct in that. That doesn't mean that women need to this is not where we need to be equal in my opinion but if she but, likes right. it this is the great thing about this movement though is that women have become more sexual yeah. and more sexually open and all that don i great see for us anyways don i see in here your your position with your faith and and how you you feel called to try to let her soul be freed of of what she's doing at the on the other hand i could also see how if, what if this is just her temporary plan her career she's able to compartmentalize and at the end of the, the year she decides that she's retired and then she just throw she uh, throws in her lingerie or you know whatever it is that she's wearing or not um <laughs> and and she she moves away from that and that was just that in the past mm -hmm. and then she saves herself is that well we all that have that yeah you know that we all have that we we all have that, right? There, there's like no perfect person. There's no person that doesn't do things that didn't really fit in. Even currently, it, wh whoever, whatever your faith is, we're not all perfect with it. We're not all of a sudden perfect perfection people. We're, and, and so I don't know her journey. I don't know where she's at. I would never even judge that. 
just when I personally hear that as a woman, where I come from, take religion completely out of it. The reason, the main reason that women put themselves in this situation is because something is missing within them that they think this is all that they're worth, their only value. There is something there sexual that maybe has gone on with them that was dysfunctional and wrong that leads them to this path. And so that's what makes me feel sad for her in this instant. And Rob, this is the beauty that I love of humans. You are like, why, why, why with the empathy? And I would be, why, why, why with you not empathy? And I think that's great, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I'm never going to understand. Well, I'm okay with you not having the empathy. I know you're okay with me having it, right? But I'll never Well, you drive me nuts, but I'm okay with it. I'll never, I don't want to say I'll never understand why you don't. Uh, No, Um, that's just who you are. It's how you're built. So that's how I would answer you. You know what? It's just who I am and Mm -hmm. how I'm built and you're not. Well, and you you also have that really cool trait that you just demonstrated where you psychoanalyze everybody into the same box that it must be this, this, or this that's causing it. I did say mainly. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. You did. I said mainly because, you know, I can't propose to say it's 100%. You know, just living long enough as a woman, so far in my womanhood, when you come across other women... Yeah, you dig a little deeper. <laughs> a lot of people are and, coming across this woman. You dig a little deeper, and there it is. You find it. So, so if, say, say you were single, Don, and <laughs> and and this platform was available back in the '90s, you wouldn't take advantage of it and try to get a dude every single day. Because <laughs> no. I know you have been attracted to multiple hot dudes, and if you had all the hot dudes, you wouldn't have gone for it. No. No. No, I was I was never that. You know, girls in my day were doing a lot of calendars. I had the body for it. Oh I, yeah, that's right. They were doing a lot of calendars, doing the bikini stuff, doing all. I, I wanted no part of it. A lot of them were trying to be in magazines. I wanted no part of it. Is any that's of that not who I am? It's not how I'm built. Trying to try to keep this as light as we can. Yeah. Is any of that for you, Don? Perhaps a because you've got the religious upbringing, but is any of it re- related to the things that were done to you as a child where you almost it. recoiled oh, and said, I'm not going anywhere near that? It's 100% that because... Okay. Sometimes, you know, it's the because opposite. Because, you religion. know, a lot of religious girls went and did those things right. because, you Absolutely. know, it, it makes you do that. You know, yet when you have a lot of sexual awful things done <laughs> to you, you tend to not want to have that... I did not want men looking at me. In that way, uh, no. There's thank two. You. There, there's usually two directions, and that's one of them. And the other one is the opposite, where you dive into it yeah, and all yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Dictionary.com has announced they have added 327 new words and phrases. Wow. Uh, the 2024 terms that have been selected are based on things such as social issues, fashion, wellness, and other things. Here are some of the new terms, and the, they're based on the fact that they're being used. So if you hear these things and you go. Oh, I've never heard of that. Okay, well, you're just not dabbling in social media or hanging out with the right people or whatever. Uh, how about a girl dinner? Anybody know what that is? A a what? Like a, Say that again? A it's girl like dinner. A lady date? Yeah. Just, right, just me and my girls going and having dinner? You would think, but no. Oh. It is a noun that refers to, quote, an often attractively presented collection of snacks that involve little preparation, such as small quantities of cold oh, cuts, like charcuterie yes. boards. Oh, those are really big. I just yeah. saw this. Right. That's right. Oh, my God. And you know what? I saw it, and I went, that's snacking. Yeah. But I like they gave it, it's a fun name, a girl dinner. Yes. and Honestly, I Honestly, like- because I had a lot of these girl dinners in my 20s when I was single. And that was more, we didn't have that term, and it's a more fun term, as opposed to 
Yeah, I had chips and salsa for dinner. I like, know, I like, like the uh, the chauvinistic <laughs> tilt to it. That, that this is all girls are capable of, or this is what girls eat, or the guys wouldn't eat this. That's the part I love the most. Okay, so where my mind went after my first guess, I was thinking where you eat, like in some restaurants, you see at the sushi restaurants in particular, where they eat sushi off of a female <laughs> body. I thought maybe that's what that was. Not <laughs> nearly as fun, no. Have you ever done that, Rob, in like a power lunch or like a business meeting? Because that know, t- tends to be when it happens, right? I've, I've, I saw it done uh, in Reno. We've talked about the is it the gentlemen's club or whatever, yeah. uh, which actually they did. They really did have amazing food, and we would do lunches there. And they, at the time, again, this is the mid '90s. They would do that where they would have people eat off of some of the strip. I never did it, but I mm. saw it done. Which, by the way, none of us believed our boyfriends. Where they're like, "No, I'm serious. The food's good. Oh, God, the food's good." They had great. What burgers. made the food good, or were the girls <laughs> dancing around you? Do they? Now, now wait. A minute. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, Brad, I was going to say, do they DoorDash? <laughs> I wonder if they do now. That's a great question. So, wait, is that how it's... Okay, is this why they're doing a girl dinner on your male chauvinist part of it? Is that they don't know how to cook? Or is this the typical, we just want to do a bunch of snacks? Oh, it's that's the that's the motivation. But I like yeah. the implication if your mind wants to go there. Oh, that's cute, a little oh. girl dinner. Because you don't know how to grill. So you're just going to take out the prosciutto and the ham and put it I, on the A lot of my board. mom friends love this. And I'll be able to tell them, oh, you're having a girl dinner. Like, if the husband's gone, the kids are gone. They're not responsible for anything for them. And they can just whatever. Mm. A lot of bunch of little snackies. Here's an interesting one. Skip lagging which is a workaround to avoid paying a higher fare for a direct flight to one's destination. Here's how it works. If you're looking to skip lag, you book a flight that has a layover where you actually want to go. Then you get off the plane there instead of the final destination that's printed on the ticket because the one-way ticket, so it only works with certain destinations. You want to go to Dallas, so you book a flight to New York that stops in Dallas, and the direct flight to New York is actually cheaper than the flight just to Dallas. That's smart. Oh, That's just smart. Yeah, That's a, that yeah. is. Yes. Yeah. See, now, isn't that interesting, Brandon? Oh, my God, I love that. We already had a word for that, and you just used it. Smart, intelligent. <laughs> but now it's skip lagging. <laughs> then there's range anxiety. This is my favorite new word. It's for owners of electric cars. Range uh, anxiety yeah. is the apprehension yeah. or fear oh, yeah. that your battery will run out of power before reaching uh, your intended destination yes. or a charging station. I lived it in a summer vacay with my one of my sister-in-law's stupid electric vehicle that thank God she got rid of. Good for her and got a gas guzzler. It's a real thing. It is awful. And I've already said it. I was so happy to be like, yeah ditch that thing let's go get a gas guzzler we didn't even care what it cost us to rent that car at all at that point that anxiety is real as we uh as we study both siderism today on the rad radio show dawn is now a right-wing wacko nazi tiki torch holder (laughs) i i kind of have the anxiety because i'm thinking when once i trade my car and i want to get a different one if electric is an option and that does scare me thinking Oh, it could run out of power. And then when you go see these charging ports at gas stations or not gas, I'm sorry, grocery stores or wherever else they have them, they're usually pretty packed full. And I'm wondering how long you have to sit there and charge for it before you get a decent uh, charge. And that new stuff uh, or that that point of view, uh, Kyle, is reinforced by a new report that just came out yesterday uh, where sales of electric vehicles are plummeting because of that exact reason. The number one reason that Americans are citing is. There, we don't have the infrastructure for this, and I can't be feeling that way. And that's why hybrids are the fastest-growing segment of vehicles in America because they're, they're, they will flip over to gas, and you feel safer, more secure, and a lot of Americans really do want to, quote, help the environment. But these electric vehicles ain't it. Uh, and don't fool yourselves. 
If you're thinking, oh, well, of course it's going to take longer because there's like 20 of you and you're each on a different one. and it is. If there's no one there and it's just you, it's still going to take forever. It's stupid. By the way, uh, Stephen just wrote in to confirm that, yes, Brandon, the Gentleman's Club does do DoorDash. Perfect. Next time I'm in Reno, <laughs> I will know what I'm doing. Yeah, but do they do it the COVID way? Remember remember there was the, the there was that strip club up in Portland that during COVID was having, they were delivering, it wasn't DoorDash, they were delivering food. And they would have one of the security guards drive to the door. You would stand at your front door, open your door, and behind the security guards were two strippers oh, who, were, who were dancing. There's got to be an option to yeah. opt out of that. So, yeah. yeah, see, I think you would have to specify because someone's going to DoorDash that and be bummed when it's just the DoorDash driver. <laughs> <laughs> well, DoorDash driver's probably happy to go in there. Other new words and phrases include queer baiting, which is a marketing oh. technique involving intentional suggestions of LGBTQ themes intended to draw in an LGBTQ audience without explicit inclusion of openly LGBTQ relationships, characters, or people. Make it look like it's all LGBTQ friendly. You're baiting them. They get into it, and then they go, well, this isn't about us, or this isn't for us, or this, oh. or mm. th- th- I don't like this product, or this product made me think that it was pro-LGBTQ, but it's just not, or whatever. Why are you doing that? Money. Really, Kyle? Duh. Really? I just, that's mean. I mean, Kyle's learned the lesson. I know, but that's just mean. <laughs> oh, man. Business people are mean. <laughs> Humans? Humans who want money are mean? No. <laughs> Another new word included in the dictionary is self-coup. This is not really a new thing. Uh, this describes uh, when an elected or legitimate government seeks to illegitimately extend its authority, maybe by, you know, storming the Capitol or something, threatening <laughs> to hang the vice president, things like that. And then there's uh, trauma dumping. Oof. This is the unsolicited one-sided sharing of traumatic or intensely negative experiences in an inappropriate setting or with people who are unprepared for the interaction. You go out for lunch with your coworkers and you start telling them how traumatic your abortion was. Oh. You dump all over them that you caught your husband in bed with your best friend. Not at the birthday party. And you're at a birthday party. Oh. You're at a work lunch with, with, with not even like friends. They're just a coworker. That is trauma oh. dumping. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, you know what's so sad is like that's, that's the moment they felt to let it out, but there's not really their people there. It's just some random no. coworker. What's sad is that those people there are having to get dumped on with this person's trauma. <laughs> Let's get to scares in the air. We've got people fighting on airplanes. They're mad because there's a, a bag in their overhead compartment. People are going into the bathrooms and they're smearing their waste all over. Shoving stewardesses. You can you can, you can look out the, the wing and you see your one of your engines has exploded. And everything turns out okay. Delta flight dl 133 was headed to Detroit, but it was forced to turn back an hour after takeoff. After the aircraft landed, passengers were taken off board, and the cabin was thoroughly cleaned. Oh, oh no. <laughs> mm. Now, according to Delta's policy, you can bring food on a plane as a carry-on. It's not considered dangerous. 
as long as it is packaged properly, you can go ahead and bring for this. Remember, we have these stories uh, during the holidays, people getting on the plane with a, a turkey <laughs> to, to fly yes. for Thanksgiving or whatever. Oh, my gosh. When my husband and I flying back and forth, the commuter marriage was fixing all the zoos in Texas. So, God, I swear, when there's a connecting flight, so many people were getting on because you can, you know, get off, get food, whatever, or you're just in the terminal waiting and you get food. And I don't know why this one particular was always in Phoenix. People are coming in box after box with their pizza. And I'm like, damn it. That oh. smells so good. <laughs> yeah. And they sit right next to you. They open the box. They Ooh. just start eating slice after slice. So why didn't you start doing uh, it? Well, because, you know, there were times I just didn't want to get off, you know, the plane. I'm like, ah, it's, ask, they're, they're going to start boarding soon. next to you. Hey. <laughs> You going to the pizza place? <laughs> buy for both of us. One of the passengers uh, says, quote, my family and I were in the road directly in front of the incident. The lady right behind us told the flight attendants that something was falling on her head. Uh-oh. What? Delta staff identified above the woman a suitcase with a very bad stench, and they realized that fish had been packed in newspaper and was in what? this suitcase. Which is why the woman was being rained down upon by maggots. Live maggots. Philip Schott lives in Iowa. And he was in the uh, the aisle seat across the aisle from this woman. And said, quote, she was freaking out just trying to fight off these maggots. Of course. What else are you going to do? You're not going to be calm about it. Oh, look at that. Maggot. Oh, my. Oh, can I have a tissue? If only it were a maggot. Oh. Shot said that he looked across the aisle only to see dozens of wiggly maggots <laughs> falling on the woman. Oh, that's disgusting. He says, quote, I was trying to process it. Disgusting is one thing, of course, but we had to wait there for help to actually come. Oh, so when you want a hose on the plane, so they can hose you off. He says, I did see everyone's reaction to the bag being opened, which was just an immediate oh. pinching of the nose. <laughs> did anybody claim the bag? Yep. The oh. dude stood up right away. Um, oh. And uh, and and took responsibility for it. Oh. We don't know what, if anything, was done to him. So newspaper, not the proper way to store fish on a plane, especially at room temperature okay. in the overhead compartment. Good yeah. to know. So mm-hmm. it wasn't. It was in a suitcase, or it wasn't. Like who allowed in, TSA members to to let this guy walk through with fish? Well, again, it's 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 totally okay as long as it's it's in a bag. Yes, and it's packaged properly. TSA doesn't ha- isn't in charge of whether or not something's well, packaged properly. Curious, That's Delta. But I'm curious how the maggots like fell out. If it's in a bag or it's wrapped mm. up properly, how is it falling into this lady's head? Well, we know it's not wrapped up properly and the maggots are so small and squeezy you know, they get out of anything. Any little zipper they just start getting out and then there's there's holes in everything. Even an overhead compartment. There's minuscule holes and they started raining down on her. Okay, but, but- I'm I'm envisioning fish like you went fishing. It's the full fish. Yeah, that's what I'm envisioning. But, but it's just I don't know fish like a, a a salmon fillet. I don't know. It's fish. Whether it's whole, whether it's filleted, whether it's a steak of fish, I don't know. What I know is it's not very good fish because it's producing maggots that are <laughs> right. raining down on a woman's Jesus head. God. By the way, the bag was uh, was found and then placed in a bag to be burned after the plane landed. Rob, anybody, and Dawn. The Rob, Anybody, and Dawn Show. New Year, same crappy show. Call us anytime at 888-989-9811. This is Rad Radio. 
We're talking about new words and phrases that have been added to uh, dictionary.com, over 300 of them. One of them was range anxiety, which is specific to uh, owners of electric vehicles who get nervous as to whether or not they're going to make it to their destination with the charge that they have on their battery or if they'll find a, uh, a, a charging station along the way. Hello there, uh, Jeff. Good morning. Hey, what's happening? How are you guys doing? Good. Hi. What up, Jeff? Good. Hey, you know, the range anxiety thing usually goes away in about the first week or two of ownership of electric car. I've, I've had five of them in the last two years. I've driven probably 15 of them. So I want to ask you something. What's the range in your Camry? It's a 20-mile-per-gallon car, right? It has a 13-gallon tank. That's 260. Most electric cars um, average 300-mile capacity, and they also suffer a little bit from degradation for hills and things like that. So do gasoline cars. So I don't understand what the range anxiety is all about. Well, I'll explain it to you. I'm, and by the way, I'm very glad that you, you're you enjoying the electric vehicle boom. We have very close friends and advertisers. Ian from tech to you loves his Tesla. Shelby Elias from financewithshelby.com loves his Tesla uh, and preach the, uh, the, the the benefits of it. The, the range anxiety comes from while we can compare different gas vehicles, you want to use Camrys, Corollas, whatever. Um, my, my, I don't know that you've got all those details right, by the way. I don't, I don't know why a Camry is getting worse gas mileage than my V8 Corvette, because my <laughs> V8 Corvette has a range of 327 miles when I fill it up. The V8 truck that I drive is 338 miles when I fill it up. So let's just, let's just settle on 300. Yeah, 300 miles. The range anxiety is that when you are in an urban or suburban area, you are never farther away from a gas station than 5 to 10 miles, ever. Driving along the free, again, in an urban or suburban area. That is not true of electric vehicle charging stations. It's even less true in rural areas and even less true in what um, many of you would call flyover states, where it's completely rural. And that's where the range anxiety comes in for a lot of people. But then also the addition of what Dawn was alluding to, of people that know people that drive electric cars who find out, so even if I get to a charging station and it's empty, there's nobody there, I'm talking about a 9 to 15 minute idea to charge, whereas at a gas station I'm in and out for 2 to 3 minutes because a lot of people get range anxiety of, oh, God, I've got to charge, but I need to get to my appointment. I'm not going to have time for – so that I, I assume, Jeff, that you were actually calling to have your question answered, that you weren't causing to make, calling to make some statement of your, of your position. That's sarcasm, by the way. Yeah. Good for you, lottie dottie do. Let me tell you another thing. When you're trying to do a road trip with that garbage, yeah, the rings anxiety is real for everything Rob already mentioned. You know what else? You have to sit there and go, oh, guess we won't listen to music or have the air conditioning on, even though mm. it's a bazillion degrees oh. outside, because everything that you use in that vehicle while you drive sucks up that stupid power. You know what doesn't? Gas. Well, that's not true. You, you what, what? do, you do burn. It's, it's my answer back, Adam. Your gas does burn quicker when okay. you're using your air conditioner, fine. when you're, well, not your radio so much. Okay, fine, fine, but, fine. Yes, to, okay. But you know what I can find is a gas station. Right, it, it, exactly. And, and, and by the way, for me, none of this is, is for me, is why I don't own electric vehicles. Uh, first of all, I don't want to deal with the inconvenience that's being described. I just don't like them. They don't attract me yet. If they, if they start making them in a, in a style that I go, 
wow, that's really cool. And I know the infrastructure is there. I would look into them. Yeah, and why is he driving five of them recently? Like, obviously, they're not that good if you're going through them like toilet paper. Yeah, I don't know. Because, I mean, look, it, what does he mean by that? Over the last few years, maybe he's maybe he's having them loan to them. Maybe he's leasing. I mean, I go through... I mean, I go through a Corvette every three years. It's not because they're not that good. It's because okay. they lease them. And I, yeah, we, he wants the next yeah. greatest yeah. thing or whatever, like anyone else yeah. does in a gas. And I'm, I'm, right? glad, I'm yeah. glad he's enjoying Listen, it. Listen, it pains me to say the Tesla that my sis, one of my sister-in-laws used to have, it was very comfortable. We were excited to road trip with it. It was very comfortable. And the word I've used to describe it, which I know is weird, it's a very thoughtful car. And I don't mean like it says nice things to you. I mean, just the everything when you sit in it and everything they thought of. It's thoughtful in your comfort experience. No, thank you. Make it gas and I'll drive it. The coolest thing about electric cars, have you heard one back up? The Tesla in particular? <laughs> They're creepy. It is. Yeah, it is it sounds space like a, age. Sounds like a UFO. Yeah. I don't like it. Freaks me out sometimes because uh, I'm not used to it yet. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm a gas girl. I don't know if my mind is ever going to be changed. I love gas. I ju- I'm pro-gas. I'm working some up for you right now, hon. Do, do I now follow it up to really make people mad? Drill, baby, drill. Uh, this is from uh, JP. Is it more of that tiki torch racism coming from Dawn today? What the frack? Nope, no both-siderisms today from Dawn. Oh, my God. JP says, this electric car guy is full of crap. Camrys get way over 20 miles per gallon. I'm pretty positive they have a tank bigger than 13 gallons. He's really trying to hype up electric cars. I think I called him on that enough. Nicole simply wrote, please hang up on him. Oh, well, I mean... He likes his electric car. It's good for him. Well, it's, uh, he can present his view. There's nothing Whatever. wrong with that. Uh, Jason wrote in because this all came up over these new definitions, range anxiety. Another one was called, uh, was called trauma dumping, which is where you just out of nowhere tell people in an, in an, in an, uh, an unacceptable setting, like a wedding, uh, while you're sitting at the reception, something horribly oh. traumatic that you are or have gone through, and they're like unsuspecting and going, oh, really, it was right now? Really, graduation ceremony, you're telling oh. me this? Uh, but another one, uh, is, uh, Jason says, is I thought that trauma dumping is what happens after I eat spicy Indian food. Oh, oh. On that delicious <laughs> note, how about some food news? Food brings the people together. Both in oh, it's burnt! about food. Mm-hmm. Wendy's is sweetening its breakfast lineup with a new treat that comes from another food chain, which is not uncommon for fast food chains to partner with other brands that they don't consider direct rivals. We talked about uh, over the last year, McDonald's has been experimenting with Krispy Kreme where they sell their donuts at some restaurants. It's state by state. They're doing it a few things. So you don't have to find a Krispy Kreme. You can just eat McDonald's and you can get uh, some Krispy Kreme donuts. They're nice. trying to decide if they want to make a nationwide partnership. So now Wendy's Beginning uh, next week, is it next Monday? Two weeks from now, uh, next, uh, the February 26th, is partnering with Cinnabon. Oh, yes. Most, remember, this is just for breakfast. This is why this makes sense for Cinnabon. Oh, my God. Most Cinnabon locations haven't opened yet for the day when Wendy sells breakfast, which stops at 1030. But if it's 7 or 8 a.m. and you're just craving a Cinnabon. Cinnabon for breakfast. You go to Wendy's and you get the Cinnabon pull-apart. Made from sweetened dough that's dunked in a glaze and baked with cinnamon, brown butter, and sugar, and then topped with Cinnabon's 
signature cream cheese frosting. Oh, yes. Holy That's the best part about it is the damn frosting. Yeah. The cinnamon oh. part of the, the roll, it's all right, but that frosting is crap. And a frosting in a tub. The frosting's crap? Oh, crack. crack. Like, oh, crack. Like okay. it's addicting and yes. you want yeah. more. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the cinnamon roll is pretty good itself, but you're right. The frosting makes it. Yeah. It, it, mm. yeah when, when, I, when, when my husband and I over the years have found a cinnamon roll we like, there's a particular grocery store that does them. And, and and they will do the right amount of the frosting. And then you find those, they barely do a dollop. You're like, no, listen, the bread part's good, the cinnamon part, but the, it, hello, you've got to put the frosting on there. What's this little tablespoon? <laughs> now, I, I wonder if a cinema, Cinnabon cinnamon roll breakfast sandwich would be any good. Yeah. Like an egg in the middle with, with a sausage patty. Ooh. No cheese, because... Blech, that would be gross perhaps, on a cinnamon bun. Perhaps that's the next Ooh. level if this works I mean, out. Oh. Trademark. Which, it's my idea. Well, by by the way, by the way, you know, I, I think on February 26th we will have to DoorDash a Wendy's. Uh, what's it called? Whatever this. The, the, cinnamon pull apart. Yes, the cinnamon pull apart, and do a task. <sighs> so, do uh, my next follow-up question: Does it come as a meal, or is it only an individual item? Well, it's, it's just it's its own item in bre- as a breakfast. So it doesn't come with hash browns and a drink. I don't know if there, you can always just order a hash brown as well in a drink. That's true. I mean, you can just say I want to add in a hash brown. It comes as a combo. You could just be like, I want the number 15. Oh, it's too much work for you to say. I'd like the uh, cinnamon pull apart and a hash brown and a, and a coffee. Drink. That's that's too much. If it comes as a meal, though, it's easier just to say the number and just say the size. Typical yeah. millennial. Everything's got to be as easy and lazy as possible. Yeah. Most restaurant chains, especially fast food restaurant chains, if you just order one thing, like one item, and you say, make it a combo, they'll do it for you. Oh, there's How a about hack. the breakfast sandwich is just one of the cinnamon rolls and then all the frosting and then another cinnamon roll on the bottom? There you go. Good. They, <laughs> like a double bread sandwich, only it's a double, double roll sandwich. Oh, fat kid in me is so happy. Um, <laughs> Del Taco and Taco Bell's menu offerings both include burritos, the choice of softer hard shell tacos, nachos, quesadillas. Del Taco often leans more into the Mexican elements of its Mexican-inspired menu. They offer things like tamales and fresh guacamole. And then at other times, they follow Taco Bell's lead with items like the crunch tata, which looks just like a Mexican pizza at Taco Bell. But it's a crunch tata. Oh, it's so good. If you <laughs> zero in on each restaurant's breakfast menu, you'll see siblings separated at birth. For example, Taco Bell offers a cheesy toasted breakfast burrito with bacon that contains egg. While Del Taco offers a breakfast burrito filled with scrambled eggs, cheddar cheese, a zesty red sauce, and a choice of crispy bacon or carne asada steak. Totally mm. different. Yeah. <laughs> and better. But Del Taco also has a side of its menu that Taco Bell has yet to explore, like traditional fast food fare like burgers, fries, and salads. All of that is to say a new report released yesterday shows that Del Taco is ready to challenge Taco Bell nationwide and has announced a major expansion plan. They have far fewer locations than Taco Bell. They have just under 600 U.S. outlets in 16 states. Of course, Taco Bell's nationwide. They have 8,000. So Del Taco's got a long way to go. Yeah. Uh, But they do plan to expand in Mexico. I'm sorry, in uh, California, Nevada, Georgia, and South Carolina, where they already are. Yes. They are also expanding into new markets in Florida, Texas, Montana, Wyoming, North Carolina, and Virginia. And they are publicly (laughs) saying, we are coming after you. El Taco Bell. Good. Good. Yeah, Del Taco is so delicious. And the consumer wins. They do because <laughs> there's a time and a place for Taco Bell. Right. There's a, there's a, there's a, it, 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 to me, the, comparing the fact that their menus are similar is irrelevant. That's just the way they wrote this stupid article because their preparation is entirely different. It is. And their choices are entirely different. And it's like, 
if you want if you want fast immediate closer to Mexican food, you go to Del Taco. If you want fast immediate American Mexican food, you go to Taco Bell. Listen, my go-to when I used to drink a lot was a bean and cheese burrito from Taco Bell. And uh, for whatever reason, there was not one within our vicinity, so it was a Del what? Taco. Wow, I know. And, and not their bean and cheese burrito wasn't bad, not at all. But it wasn't Del, but it wasn't Taco Bell's right. bean and cheese burrito. And right. that's what I needed to have after a night of drinking was that particular one. And even though it's not a regular menu item, the, those damn fries, those seasoned fries at Taco Bell. Oh, damn. Oh. I mean, the yeah, sauce? the nacho fries. Oh, oh. The nacho, no, they, oh my god. So there's, there's always a place for both of them. It's just like the big burger chains. It's what are you craving specifically? So it is the consumer wins, as Dawn said. It's good to have more locations of Del Taco. <laughs> Speaking of Mexican food, you know, El, Old El Paso, they sell the, the taco shells in the store. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Okay. Which, for some reason, in the last five years, have just always been stale lately. I don't know what they're doing with their packaging. I, I, I used to love these things. And and, and uh, I started during COVID. And then even after COVID, we've tried. We've, we've tried different. It's not just Old El Paso. The, these damn shells you buy in the store are just, they're stale. All, I, all I, the crunchy ones? Yes. Yeah. Well, and I, I feel like it's been going on for a while. Or, because At least four or five years, I know, on, on okay, at Williams Manor. Back in the day, and this is, I mean, I was in my 40s, when the whole spaghetti taco thing was in for kids. And I, I would double check the box because it just wasn't as crispy. It wasn't stale. But it just didn't have that same snap. And so I'm looking at the box going, yeah. oh, my God, were these expired? And I didn't know it. That's more okay. That's more accurate. I mean, to me, when you get if your if your cr- crunchy taco shell is not super crispy, crunchy, it's stale. Yes, they're softer <laughs> because initially during COVID, like during the first time this happened, I I like threw my taco down. I go, God damn it! This is why I hate the fact that we have to Instacart because you know this expiration date because they never look and it's like expires in twenty twenty three. And then you start trying, you go out, you buy them, and you did the same damn thing. Do you know which one is always solid, but it's not going to appeal to everyone? Siete. It's a brand. So it's this, it's a Hispanic family in Houston that literally went ahead and changed the way that they were eating because one of their children got like one of those, uh, whatever was going on with her health-wise, she she basically had to eat more a paleo lifestyle. And they're like, we're a Hispanic family. How are we going to do this? And so they, 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 they made every dish they ever made and they were able to create it with her dietary needs. And it blew up so much that it is literally a brand now in the stores. And their Siete taco shells, amazing. But they're just going to be made, you know, more of a healthful way. But they're still crunchy. They're so good. They are always crunchy. But why don't they're they? Why? Stale. What's the hack that, of, of why they won't appeal to everybody? Because not everyone, you know, they'll see on the box, right, for a paleo lifestyle. So they'll automatically think, uh, not good. Because they're going to use more like, I don't, I can't think of what they're using in that one. It's either a coconut oil or an avocado oil, mm. right? They're going to do things like that. But in the end, is it, so, if it, is it crunchy and it tastes like a taco crun- I mean, I think so. I mean, mm. I love it. I think it's your good. taste buds are hard to rely <laughs> well, I know on. That's the thing, right? You mm. might. It's not as thick, but it's still crunchy. I mean, it's, yeah. if if it's crunchy and it doesn't taste bad, then I'm gonna because I can't stand the non-crunchy thing. Yeah, her taste buds are totally disillusioned by mm. the the story behind <laughs> yeah. the product. Do you yeah. know that? Have you tried that exactly. brand, Brandon? I, I haven't because I have my go-to and yeah. I like to fry up my own. Yeah. yeah. Okay, listen. I I I want. Okay, maybe you guys want to do the taco shells. Try their tortilla chips. They're amazing, and they're very close to what the taco shells are because at least, you know, the taco shells are very specific. The tortilla chips you can use for so many different things. Yeah, I'll try them. Which, I mean, what, wait so a minute. Good. What's it called? It's Siete, S-I-E-T-E. Or seven. 
because I'm very particular about my I mean, tortilla they chips. Do, they do almond flour, coconut flour tortillas. They do enchilada uh, sauces. Yeah. They do the chips. Yeah. They do the... Backing away. No, I know, but it, because they had to come up with a way to create this food, and then it exploded. Everybody loved it so much. Everybody. Well, clearly they're selling now in the grocery stores. Do you have stats on how much of a market share they have? I will tell you, I knew about them a bazillion years ago, so oh, it didn't happen yeah. overnight. Oh, this stuff's garbage. Is no, it? Oh. it's so good. Yep, that is awful stuff. No, that is the, garbage. The oh. almond flour is what I, always oh. turns me off when oh, I see guys, those in the store. I'm yep. telling you, and their chips, they've read, they're a little more, they're a little thicker now. This sounds like the explosion you're talking about oh. is going to be in the bathroom. No, not at all. These are the, so, uh, oh, and your body loves you for it. Your body feels so good after you eat them. I've tried a few of their chips, uh, including, uh, I, I recognize the bag, their kettle-cooked potato chips in the Fuego uh, oh, flavor. They oh, have that? That went right in the garbage. Yeah, really? Does yeah. that? Oh, it was I disgusting. Did, I didn't even know they do a, did a kettle chip. Uh, and then their tortilla chips. Are you sure no you're looking good. at the right brand? <sighs> yeah, I got it all right here. S-I-E-T-E, yeah. Is it similar to when they did that thing with the like Lay's potato chips back in the 90s where they cooked it in a different type of oil? Like it was supposed to be better for you, but it, it oh. made your insides more greasy? Olestra. No. Olestra, kind of yeah, 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 but yeah. that's not this. This is actual healthful if you eat that type of lifestyle. Yeah, mm. I don't I don't think there's any intestinal challenges. No. It just tastes gross. That's all. Oh, no. Oh, my God. I love that brand. <sighs> so this all came up because Old El Paso is introducing a new type of taco shell. No, not crunchy ones. <laughs> Rather, dessert taco shells. Oh, like choco tacos? They are similar to their usual taco shells, but they've been blasted with cinnamon toast crunches, Cinnadust. Yes. Oh, yeah. oh cinnamon tacos. Oh, oh. Cinnadust. Yum. Oh, we're talking about Del Taco a minute ago, and Del Taco has these cheesecake bites with caramel inside of them, and they're almost in the shape of egg rolls. This new taco shell from El Paso with those cheesecake bites layered in top with some whipped cream and caramel. Yep. Oh. With a milkshake drizzled on top for the sauce. Oh, God. Something Hello. like that. Yeah. Jeez, boy, your fat kid really is coming out. Yes, it is. Uh, a couple emails, rad at radradio.com. No name on this one. <laughs> Says, regarding the stale taco shells, I thought they were stale, too, until I read the box and learned you're supposed to put them in the oven. They were nice and crunchy. I'm not an idiot. That's how it's always been done. Of course, you moron. Oh, I didn't know that. Thank you. Though. I read the box when I was eight years old. I always. Yeah. I'm I'm grabbing the box to look at the expiration date, and you think I'm not looking at the box? I don't need to as a 50 year old man at the time. Yeah, but thank you so much. No. It's definitely something we learned. Oh, well, uh, well, this is what happened to me, so this ha- must be happening to Robbie because he's so stupid. Uh, he just didn't read well, the box. Mm-mm. They put him in the box. See, it's stupid. I I'm 37, and I still have to read the box for rice aroni <laughs> for mac and cheese. Yeah. Like I'll throw it away after I t- put, take everything out, and then like, wait, what? No. What? How, how many, many times? Yeah. yeah. How much butter? That's fair. Is it, let's see, is it two cups or three cups of broth? to make my ramen. Exactly. Let me see on the back. Yeah, but the other thing, <laughs> no, where he's null and void, let's say somebody didn't know that. That's fine. Whatever. No, they still used to be fine even if you didn't put them in the oven. True. I used to eat them out of the box. Yeah. Just as a snack. That's, so it. They, they were, they were the a go, like, you know, growing up paycheck to paycheck, you always had the, 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 the hard, the crunchy taco shells. So if we ran out of tortilla chips. Hello, you break them up. And they were wonderful yeah, right out of the box. If you now have to put them in the oven for them to taste good, they're not good. Exactly. Whatever they've changed, because we've changed everything, whatever chemical they put in yeah. or took out, yeah. that it has to be. But again, I did put them mm. in the oven, and they were still not crispy. Oh. I'm not being paid by Siete, but just like Siete taco shells, you don't, you can put them in the oven. They are that much better, but you don't have to. The problem is they still taste terrible. No, they <laughs> Good. Uh, Laura wrote in and said, I love you, Dawn, but the Siete brand is not good. Uh-oh. Their tortilla chips are the worst. No, no. Have you 
tried them. Listen, I, I used to not be a fan. Well, I hope she's but tried then, them. If she's no, 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 no I'm sorry. Tried them recently because I used to not be a fan either. And then my best friend is a total health nut, and, and she came to visit for a bit. And so we went. We got them. Oh, game changer, the new and improved. Oh, they're a game they're changer, all right. They leave a thicker. taste in your mouth. No, oh. no, they were Ugh. so they were so good. I refuse to buy them now because I could eat the whole bag, Ugh. and I and I don't like to leave anything Ugh. in the house where I could eat a whole Ugh. bag in a setting. <laughs> with so, every bite, oh, that family. Oh, yeah, exactly. I love them yeah. for coming up with this idea to help them. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, and they're good now. Mm, but they're you not. Got the, you got to get the plain. I don't know about all the flavored ones. Because I got the bag, we got the bag of the plain, just the sea salt Me too. tortilla chips. Oh. They're thicker. They're gross. Crunchier. Icky. Oh, they were so good, dipped in guacamole. Mm, uh, you'd have to spoon like four scoops of ice cream scoops onto that of guacamole. <laughs> no. So that you don't taste <laughs> oh, you guys. The, the, the lack of love that are in these Listen, things. Listen, I know what it's like to deny your taste buds. I used to do that and lie to myself. So I know what that looks like. This is not that. No, no, this you're right. garbage it's... is good. Garbage keyword. Oh. And this is what Brandon keyed in on. This is your love of the story. Oh, I love the story. Oh, yeah. It's the sweetest story. Mm, yummy. So delicious. And they're from Houston. You know, I love Houston. Yeah. Meanwhile, your taste buds inside are screaming. And what a great story. They were just regular folk like any of us, yeah. and they revamped and did new recipes, and look at them now. They're in grocery stores nationwide. Making a horrible product. What a great story. It is a great story. Uh, down home goes down my and belly. They're filling up our landfills because open full bags of their product get thrown away at the first bite. No. And next in the discount bin is... <laughs> That's not true. You know, that, you know that area where you walk into Target, all the oh girls run God. over to where everything's discounted? Yeah, the dollar trees. Yeah, they the are popular. <laughs> ah, I will be checking the... Uh, Veracity of that statement. Do it as soon as I can. Do it because I went to buy their almond flour tortillas, all sold out. Wow. Maybe the store only stocked two of them at a time because they know we never move this crap. Or they expired. Let's play Treble Trouble right now. You're gonna win a one-month membership to Rad TV at members.radradio.com, and you're qualified to win one of ten pair of top-tier tickets to see Sticks at the Hard Rock Live in Sacramento. Including one of you will get upfront tickets to the show, which is February 27th. For Treble Trouble, you get a three-second song clip. All you have to do is tell us the title of the song, and you win. Caller 18 guesses first, then 19, then 20. And if nobody knows the song title. Siete, so tasty. <laughs> Droplets everywhere and no winner. 888-989-9811 for Treble Trouble. Rob. Anybody. And Dawn. The Rob. Anybody. And Dawn Show. Welcome back to the Rob, Anybody, and Dawn Show. Remember, you have choices, and this is the one you made. Get help. Got this email, rad at radradio.com from Allison. Hey, Allison. Who says, oh my gosh, all this food talk. I'm dying here. I'm on day four of starting a new training regiment, and your Cinnabon story is oh, killing me. Oh, no. Oh. The, uh, the Wendy's is partnering with Cinnabon beginning February 26th oh. on a breakfast uh, item. Uh, so she says, thank you for not bringing this up at 5 a.m. this morning while I was working out. Well, it, it's a, it, the, the struggle is real, Allison. I was informed during the uh, commercial break that the uh, producers 
are formulating a, a, a an order of Del Taco, so I had to grab my phone and get on DoorDash so I can try to get you your order uh, bad. As, as soon oh, as no. I want it here. I just, I just I want to make a quick correction because facts. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, wow. You're actually going to care about facts? No, now? because I started questioning myself when we went to commercial break that is the Siete family, are they from Houston? Oh, God. I'm not 100% sure. I know they're from Texas. Yep, they're from Laredo, which is like five hours from Houston. But, oh, wow. So they're from Laredo, but then this is the other reason. I'm like, yep, okay, that's the other correlation. The business was formed in Austin, where most food things that are great are formed. So do we delete all the emails of people writing in saying, correction, Dawn, it's actually not wherever the place you said before. Yeah, right. It's Laredo. Yeah. Right, are there all those people? Yeah, the, the current total of those emails is zero. <laughs> Very nice round number. Let's get to Treble Trouble. Treble Trouble, Treble Trouble, Treble Trouble. Fat kid, heavy breathing in here. Who's handling the order in there? That would be moi. Okay, I need. This is not my full order. I'm just doing it piecemeal here. I need a, a crunch tata tostada, mm-hmm. and please add grilled chicken. Oh, I did the same thing. Okay. All right, so that's easy to do, and I'll get you more uh, after we play uh, Treble Trouble <laughs> for a one-month membership to uh, Rad TV at members.radradio.com, and you're qualified for the grand prize drawings of 10 pair of – you don't get all 10 pair. Each of you would get a pair of tickets, uh, top-tier tickets to see Sticks at Hard Rock Live in Sacramento including one of you getting a pair of upfront tickets to the show on February 27th. Caller 18. Hello, Mackenzie. Good morning. Good morning. If you know the song title, you win. If not, we'll go to Jennifer. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And Aaron, your caller 20. Good morning. Good morning. Go girls. Jesus. I am bake. We are looking for a soft rock song from 1977. You really, you know, you really, if you're playing for these tickets, you should know uh, this song that I used to play. My very first uh, commercial radio job when I was doing weekend overnights on Coit, 96.5. San Francisco's Light Rock, Less Talk. K-O-I-T. Ugh. What's your name? Uh, Mackenzie. Sorry, I'm trying to look at the Del Taco menu. (laughs) I got priorities here, man. Uh, Mackenzie, do you know the title of that song? I do. That's Come Sail Away. Oh, my God. Yes. 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 Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Oh. Oh. We won. Man. Oh, my gosh. You win. it's by sticks, so that's why. Gathering Three more chances for you to win tomorrow morning at 7, 8, and 9 a.m. Let me just scroll through this menu here really quickly so we can get this uh, this order done. Oh, yeah. Oh. I want a bean cheese burrito red sauce, too. Man, that looks really good. And then good. that's it. Does this, it, 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 it,
Mm. Do they do not? I don't want anything, but do they do nachos bel grande like that? They do have a version of the nachos, yeah, bel grande. Are their chips? Are they from similar to Taco Bell's? Or are they more like a light and airy one? You know, I've never had them. Ooh, yeah, oh, okay. I don't know. Or are they like the wonderful Siete chips? <laughs> mm. Nothing Awful. is like the Siete chips, but Siete. Uh, hey, uh, hey, Brandon. Yes. You know what? Let's just add in a spicy grilled chicken burrito for me, and that okay. that'll be good for me in our in our Del Taco order. If you're lucky on Rad TV, you'll be able to watch us oh. uh, eating food if it gets. In time. Can you make sure we have Del Scorcho sauce too, the medium hot sauce? Yes, thank Kyle. you. <laughs> Rob, anybody, and Dawn. The Rob, anybody, and Dawn show. Our New Year's resolution was to in no way improve anything about our program. So far, so good. This is Rad Radio. A couple of somewhat related emails here. RAD at radradio.com. First one is from Craig. Hey, Craig. He says, uh, I have a great buddy who's adding another candle to his bonfire of a birthday cake. Nate is turning the big 5-0 today. That's an old man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nate is a simple man with an introverted personality who, once comfortable with you, warms up like a gentle giant. Oh. Nate has been a great friend to me for many, many years now. Well, clearly, I mean many, 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 many. <laughs> and I would love to frugally return the favor with a birthday shout-out from our show. Rob, please DJ that birthday soundbite so Nate will light up from ear to ear with a huge smile and know he is loved by all his family and oh, friends. What, what is frugally? Cheap. Oh, okay. Get, oh, frugal! He's paying nothing oh. for uh, for a birthday shout out from us. Uh, Courtney says, since no one will do it, I'm going to. Happy birthday to me! Yay! I'm turning 27 today. Hello. Back off, Grandpa. May this year bring me peace, happiness, and success. I'm coming to California to visit family on Tuesday, and I'm so excited that I'll be getting to hug my family. Maybe I will get to see Rob again at one of your advertisers like my last trip. Truly one of the best hugs I have ever gotten. Oh. Best experience ever. I love you all so much. Happy, happy birthday. Whoops, I didn't DJ that right. Oh. There we go. Happy, happy birthday. Now eat your f***ing cake. Happy, happy birthday or we'll punch you in the face. Hello, Jeff. Good morning. Hey, what's up? What's up? You guys, when you heard... When you hung up on me, you oh, had a bunch of questions. I'm that sorry. I, I didn't know that was you. Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah, see, uh, Jeff, the way the show works is if I want a reply from you, I'll leave you on the line. If I just respond and then move on, then I'm not interested. I let you say your piece. I said mine, and then we moved on. I, I just wasn't aware that it was the same guy. So thank you for uh, for trying to call back in. You can always email us, and I'll shred that. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. You want me to delete that email because it's coming. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh. Speaking of, so th this all came out of there were new terms. Added to uh, dictionary.com, and one of them was range anxiety, which is a phrase for electric car owners who get nervous that they, they don't have enough charge on their battery to make it to their destination. And a subset of that is they don't know if there's going to be a charging station, and even if there is one, wait a minute, it's going to take me like 9 to 15 minutes to charge my vehicle. I don't have that amount of time in my – so a lot of different forms of range anxiety. So Jeff had called in, and he had a, an interesting mathematical formula that he pulled out of his butt where he said, okay, you're a, what's your, your Camry gets what, like 20 gallons or 20 miles to the gallon and a 13-gallon tank? And he was trying to do this mathematical thing of electric vehicles have even more range. And, and so I, I corrected him first on, I don't think your stats are right about using a Camry in particular because I pointed out my Corvette, which is a V8, upon fill-up, gets immediately 327 miles. 
to that fill-up. Uh, and for a Corolla or a Camry, you'd only get 260. For, for filling up the tank, makes no sense. But then I also said the difference is there are in in urban and suburban areas, you're never more than five minutes away from any gas station. You could always make an alteration to your route, get to a gas station, oh, and it takes three minutes. Uh-huh. Whereas in, 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 that is not true in with in urban and suburban areas with charging stations, nope. and then you get to anything rural and oh, you're really screwed. Forget about this it. This elicited a lot of responses, RAD at radradio.com, including this one from Stephanie. Hi, Stephanie. Says, I have a Toyota RAV4 hybrid, and I love it. Now, remember I brought up too, because of this, Charging and range anxiety. Sorry, that's what it is. Um, the, the report came out yesterday. Sales of electric vehicles have plummeted. They're sitting on the lots an average of 75 days, whereas regular vehicles are half of that. And the number one reason consumers cite is range anxiety. Hybrids are through the roof because there is a large percentage. It's two-thirds of Americans that concern themselves with the environment. And so they want to do something, but they don't want to deal with range anxiety and hybrids, which switch over to gas when they run out of charge or are getting low, are, the, are soaring in sales. So Stephanie says she's got a RAV4 hybrid. I love it. I don't have to charge it. I have a mini SUV, and I get 500 miles to my 11-mile tank, and I fill up with gas whenever I need. I will never understand why there is not more of a push for this as opposed to full electric when we can't even support our electrical grid needs now. The only yeah. downside is, yes, Rob, my car makes space sounds sometimes. I love that. <laughs> do, do they make these, uh, what's it called? The hybrids? Do they make them in like, like she said she has a, a, a RAV4. Yeah, a small SUV. Do they make it midsize, large, big trucks? I don't know that if they ever got to that point because the because the, unfortunately the, the answer to why is there this push for electric cars is very boring and political and it's all part of payoffs okay. and stuff Ugh. and the government has has thrown a ton of money at all of the american car manufacturers to to just make electric vehicles and 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 not get into that and, and so the car manufacturer well you're giving us all this money we have to make these and this is part of the problem too is dealers and dealerships are like i have all this inventory of crap nobody wants these oh, that's sad. they want hybrids and we're not making them or we're not making enough of them so toyota does have a tundra that's hybrid and it looks like there might be some ford hybrids coming out as well for trucks um yeah because this is the the american car manufacturers have come out and they've said we, we're not making any more electrical vehicles we've got to shift over to what the consumers want so there's all this back and forth and political crap that's out there uh in that arena this is from no name hey no name says the problem with the now, this, this is an interesting reason not to drive an electrical vehicle. A little different. Interesting. The problem with the charging stations is that they're not like a gas station. They don't have squeegees, and they don't have a convenience store. <laughs> yeah. They have no amenities. And you have to stay there longer. Like, convenience stores with, like, charging parts. I oh. Mean, I will say some that we came across in Arizona were, like, in, um, uh, like, uh, how do I describe it? It's got a Target. <laughs> it's logo parking lots. They would be in a lot of parking lots like that. Or even, like, I've seen around here, parking lots of malls. Okay, well, what? Mm -hmm. So what, now it requires me to leave my vehicle here while it charges? Well, and to, the, inside, to like... the point of, of it taking longer, charging stations are the places where they should have more amenities. Yeah. Yeah, honestly. Well, do you know, like, the thing that, and I don't know if this is all electric vehicles, the Tesla anyway, and the one that my sister-in-law had, for the times we had to sit there, one time it was 45 minutes. Ew. Well, they had all these different 
honestly, even for me, fun video game things you could play in your Tesla while that that they made specifically for that while you're sitting and waiting. So there was like all this entertainment at least you could have for the 45 minutes besides using your phone. So by the way, by the way, this answers some of the questions. So Jeff did write in. Okay, good. Um, and, and this is how out of touch with reality Jeff is for why American families who are already under the pinch um, who are who are struggling to find the right ways to save money? They want convenience, and etc. Is uh, Jeff says I charge my car at home. I have seven charging stations within five miles of my home, and it takes you a lot longer to pump gas than it does to fill an electric car. Yeah, if you have the big ones at home like that, for sure. When I leave my house in the morning, I don't have to stop. You guys are clueless. I bet you think AOL won't happen. <laughs> oh my God! All right, dude. I- Oh, oh, you're oh, such an elitist. Oh, my. You. So out but, of touch. And here's the thing. He, God. Whether he owns his home, which he probably does since he has a charging station, is it not, or, or rents it, he chose that location solely because <laughs> there are seven charging stations the, within five minutes of it. The him. only place. Yeah. And, <laughs> where do you live? New York? San Francisco? I what mean? does he want someone to do that's, uh, that is the most people <sighs> that are doing what you said? Trying to find other areas to save. Now you want them to what? Turn in their car that they they are having trouble with anyway for some electric vehicle that I'm sure isn't cheap. That's, yes, that is. What I'm like, are yes. are you clueless? And what happens when you don't make it to a charging station in time? Like you're like skimming it. You know how you do with gas? You're like, oh, I'm almost there. But then he goes put put put, and you're stuck on the side of the road. You're, Usually you're, somebody you're has stuck. a can of gas, or you right. can take one yeah. and hit a lift, and then go get one, come back to your car and fill it up. What do you do with the charging port? No one's got a charging port that's going to come back and forth and charge your car. You need a really, really long extension cord yeah. to come along, like three, four miles maybe. <laughs> I would hold up a sign that says, need double A's. <laughs> I mean, this is a first world problem, but even around town. my uh, One of my sister-in-law, she's like, oh God, oh God, okay, we got to find a station quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's like, this thing will shut down, whatever the Tesla does. And I was, and we find one, it's the wrong one. Oh. I understand first world problem, but it was panic. It was panic. Like the plug doesn't like, match up? Yes. That's there are crazy. certain ones. It's like the Apple plug versus so, yes. the Samsung plug in the old days. And, and <laughs> after that, my other sister-in-law and I looked at each other and said, we're going to get a gas vehicle now. We are, we, we, we are based oh. in Northern California. If you want to have some fun, put it, pin a location. And then ask it for electric car charging stations near you. And look at the disparity in, in certain places. Because in, in California, which is leading the way on this, you should, you would think no matter where you are, as long as you're not deep out in the sticks, like where Brandon grew up, mm-hmm. that you would have some in within 15, 20 miles. No, in a lot of suburban areas, there aren't any. Man, tow companies must be making bank off all these broken down Teslas that can't get charged in time. Between that and the ones that were blowing up when the all the, the snowstorms hit the East Coast a, a few weeks ago. <laughs> right. Yeah, they, they're making a killing they're on blowing it. blowing up? Yeah. This was a couple summers ago when I'm talking about this experience, so I'm sorry if things have updated, but at least then, here's the interesting thing. You could, on the Tesla, have it show you where all of the electric stations are, and you can even look up online um, ahead of time if you're going to do, like, a road trip, right? And so we're like, oh, we can make it to Texas. Because the thing you find out is that not all of them are set up, working. (laughs) And and we were so happy that we decided to get the gas vehicle because we're like, what would we have done if we're out? I mean, Texas is big, if y'all don't know. And if you're out in the middle of nowhere, you're out in the middle. You're screwed. Um, there was supposed to be somewhere for me to charge right here. <laughs> now what? 
Now what? Oh my God. Uh, Cameron uh -oh. wrote in and said that caller got basically everything wrong about a Camry, talking about Jeff, uh, who, by the way, wrote in again and, and is blowing his own cover. He works for Tesla. Oh, well, uh -huh. you son of a... Out in, Nev out in Nevada. Of because Because he's preaching how I live out in a rural area of Nevada and there's charging stations everywhere. Oh, okay, I can put two and two together knowing the area quite well. Me and Elon know each other. Yeah, take uh, him out of your mouth, yeah. Jeff. Oh, my lord. I drive a Camry, says Cameron, and it definitely does not get 20 miles per gallon. My average is 27, and it doesn't have a 30 13-gallon tank. It has a 17-gallon tank. When I fill it up, I get 400 miles. In other words, I have double the range of what he claimed. Uh, yeah, now, now it's a propaganda call. Cameron drives a Camry. <laughs> Jeff, uh, different Jeff, not the bad Jeff, uh, says... The 2024 Camry has a fuel capacity of 15 and a half gallons and a combined 32 miles per gallon, which is easily Googleable. I'm glad that that Jeff likes his electric guitar. I'll stick with my diesel. And he can take a bath with a toaster for making other Jeff sound stupid. Rob, anybody, and Dawn. The Rob, anybody, and Dawn Show. Nothing says I hate myself more than waking up and watching this show. So get Rad TV now by heading to members.radradio.com. A few more emails here, rad at radradio.com. We, we did uh, food news, and we were talking about how Del Taco has uh, put their sights on over the next many years going after Taco Bell. They only have like six to 800 locations compared to Taco Bell's 8,000, but they are expanding. And we were talking about the differences in the menus and how, yeah, they have the same things like tacos, burritos, etc., but... Del Taco, they have, they make them different ways, and there's just you want. There's times you want Taco Bell, mm -hmm. but there's times you want Del Taco, and then the other one to throw in. There's times you want Jim Boys. Oh, oh. Yeah. so that got that got that got to everybody, and 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 then Brandon and Kyle decided, all right, we're we're we're, we're dashing. We're gonna get some uh, Del Taco, mm -hmm. and yeah. and so they asked me. They asked me right before we went back on the air. I'm like, oh my god, I mean, I, give me. I don't. We don't want to wait. I don't want to hold you up. So I just finished my order uh, while we were wrapping up a, a break, and and Evan wrote in and said. Rob, I love how we actually listen to you order your food from Del Taco just to then have you go to the commercial break. Well done. A real pro to make ordering more entertaining than everyone else. Yes. <laughs> I could have just pressed the button and then done it right away, but no. Yeah. There's an artistry to all this. By the way, not in any way an endorsement for Del Taco. Just We're just hungry for it today. It sounded mm -hmm. good. Uh, Josh wrote in about uh, Jeff the Jackwagon, uh, who uh, called oh, in yeah. with his uh, propaganda about uh, electric vehicles. Uh, and, of course, he has, he has five uh, charging stations at home, and there's seven charging stations around him because he lives right next to the uh, Texas headquarters out in Fallon, Nevada, or whatever the hell it is. Says, uh, he, Jeff the Jackwagon is a dumbass. I have a 2018 Camry. It is not a hybrid, and it has a 13-gallon tank. He was right on that, but I get 38 miles per gallon. Sonny says, I rode in a Tesla for the first time recently. Now, you said the ride was good for you, right? Which, listen, there's different versions of these things, and she had kind of like the upper echelon one. Sonny says, I rode in a Tesla for the first time recently. Sounds like it was an Uber or something like that, because she says the ride was horrible. The driver told me, yeah, and luckily it only took 32 minutes to charge. Oh. Remember Jeff the Jackwagon yeah. was saying, oh, no, no, it's just as quick because he's an elitist. Please, yep. Mm -hmm. uh, and the driver told me it cost 28 bucks to charge it. 
which made it even more of a reason not to get an electric car. More time to charge and the same cost to fill it. This is an mm. epidemic with ride shares. Most of the time lately, if I have to take a ride share, it will be a Tesla that pulls up. So my fiance and I will play this game and we'll say, okay, <laughs> over under, how soon will they start talking about their own Tesla? No. Oh, and they do right. every single time. It's without fail. Quiet mode. Quiet mode. Yeah, Isn't they, that what you hit? Yep, that's it. <laughs> so I got picked up once by a Tesla driver for a ride sharing and uh, I'm going with my, a buddy of mine and the Tesla driver starts talking about it and t- showing us all the cool things They're and like the sunroof. Vegans. And well, I was kind of interested because it was kind of newer at the time. It was back in 2019. But he also was trying to prove how fast it could go. And he's like, I can go zero to 60 in three seconds. And he floored it in the middle of like a busy street. And I was like, oh, you're a reckless driver, man. <laughs> Damn. Okay. So I, I understand if you oobs or lift, you can, you know, ask for a bigger vehicle or whatever. But let's say you just want a regular size vehicle. I haven't oobs or lifted in a while. Can I opt out and say not a Tesla or no electric vehicle? You, yeah, you can actually. Okay, good. Oh, really? You have, to, right. you have to scroll through a little bit. Okay. They'll offer you alternative vehicles. Oh, and you can cool. always you can always on both apps, uh, once your driver is booked, you see yeah. the type of car they have. You can cancel the ride immediately. I, I would literally yeah. rather walk than get inside another electric vehicle in my life. The problem is... <laughs> As Brandon said, more and more, it seems like they're the ones that are that are driving these. And pretty soon, it's like, well, you're taking an Uber or a Lyft for some type of convenience, including you don't want to spend 45 minutes canceling cars yeah. because you're going to be so stubborn about not getting in one. Uh, during the, during the uh, entertainment report, we started the trailer update, which is Travis, Kelsey, Taylor Swift. But we didn't get to the tra part of it. We only got to the Taylor part. So I promise a few updates here. Uh, Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey was called out by his brother, the actual good Kelsey, (laughs) on their New Heights podcast for bumping Coach Andy Reid and screaming in his face during the Super Bowl. Jason Kelsey said to his brother, quote, you crossed the line. I think we both can agree on that. (laughs) To which, which, of course, Travis immediately put his tail between his legs and it bumped his hoo-hoo, and he said, quote, I can't get that fired up. I did, I did. He says, I can't get that fired up to the point where I'm bumping the coach and it's getting him off balance and stuff. Uh, and then Travis confirmed what we all heard the whole time. And this is all PR crap because the, nobody cared about this at all other than ninnies who don't watch football. Uh, Travis said he talked to Andy Reid about the interaction and the two just chuckled about it at halftime like I predicted. And uh, Travis Kelsey went on to tell the story about on the sidelines still. Coach Reid actually came right up to me after that and didn't have harsh words for me. I was ready to get an ass chewing and for him to just tell me to effing be better. And instead he said, hey, man. I love your passion. Remember, there's cameras on me all over the place, and you don't want things to come off badly. Andy Reid is, he's 65. He's seen it all. He knows what this guy half his age is doing. Nice. He's a goddamn pro. Classic. So yes. I, I, I hope I'm not showbizzing you or I don't know if that's the word, stepping over a story you might do because I thought of you. There was another hoo-hoo moment with Travis that had to do with his brother Jason and the mask. Do you have that? Uh, let me do this, and you can chime it in because okay. we'll get to the okay. mask. Because Kylie Kelsey revealed her reaction to her husband Jason's drunken antics at the Super Bowl after party. The team partied the night away until 5.15 in the morning. Clips of, this is Jason, uh, of the NFL veterans' hilarious dance moves and drunken antics went viral on social media. And Kylie, who has been married to the Philadelphia Eagles Center, he still has not retired, since 2018 said she was not surprised, quote, not even a little bit. And she then went on to say, I am surprised that you fully committed to wearing an effing Nacho Libre Kansas City style mask for the entire after party. So he, because you see him and he doesn't have it. 
And then the next thing you see him and he has this mask. And so they talked about this on New Heights. And and Travis um Travis is like, You found this? He's like, Oh, dude, I found this on the ground. And I picked it up. <laughs> he said, It's a Nacho Libre mask. I gotta put this on. Here's the hoo-hoo moment I thought of you right away. Travis was like, I, I mean, you went and washed it off, right? Before you put it on. And Jason's like, basically just so just like, dude, he's like, no, he's all, I fully expected to get pink eye after wearing this. Who cares? And I'm like, there's the difference between a man like, and a sissy boy. Bro, we play professional football. We're falling all over other men constantly sweating yeah. on each other. He didn't care with some random Jesus. mask he just found and picked up. Uh, Kylie also so went on to say that Jason displayed his three dance moves, all three of them. <laughs> And then she sold him out by revealing that even though they got they left they left the club and by the way Jason was uh, was seen stumbling out of the after party at five fifteen on Monday morning, Kylie went on to out that her husband did not get out of bed until one thirty p.m. on Tuesday. <laughs> that sounds about right. Hell yeah, good for him. I want to party with him. So, I know. Oh my. One God. other note from the man in the Kelsey relationship with brothers, Jason discussed how his wife Kylie refuses to wear Kansas City Chiefs gear to the Super Bowl or anywhere else, staying true to the Philadelphia Eagles. Doesn't matter that her brother-in-law is a Super Bowl champ, saying she just does not want to do it. That's right. That's not how that works. Yeah, she wore a red T-shirt. The Eagles and the Chiefs play, <laughs> played each other in the Super Bowl. They could again. Her husband is still an Eagle. Yep. That's exactly how it should be. Whereas Travis would have insisted you wear one of those jerseys where it's half Eagles and half Chiefs. <laughs> and make sure it's washed and sanitized. <laughs> Rob, anybody, and Dawn. The Rob, anybody, and Dawn Show. Welcome back to Rad Radio. As Rob likes to say, it is what it is. Ah, what are we doing here? What has happened to this show? Uh, we've uh, really triggered a lot of people with discussions about uh, electric vehicles and uh, Jeff the Jackwagon who called in with his totally inaccurate interpretation of what it's like to be an EV uh, owner, uh, because as it turns out, he's got a bunch of home charging stations. He's got seven uh, charging stations in five minutes where he lives because he lives right next to the Tesla production facility or whatever it is out in Nevada, um, and uh, and completely misrepresented uh, gas vehicles and the miles per gallon thing and everything. So uh, Tanya wrote in and said, I work for a fleet company, and I have to get these cars fixed from time to time. When Teslas die, it is the most pain-in-the-ass thing to fix because you can't just tow it to a charging station. You have to take it to a dealer. The towing fees are ridiculous, and good luck finding a Tesla dealer. Maybe it's different for people who own these cars, but for me, I've had enough time with these cars through my job to know I definitely don't want one. Yeah. We have uh, plenty of other uh, EV uh, emails that have come in. I'll look through them see if we want to revisit it tomorrow. If you're watching us on Rad TV at members.radradio.com. There's a couple things you saw during the commercial break, if you were paying attention, because we leave the cameras on. Sometimes we have the mics on. Uh, you saw that Brandon, Kyle, and I, we're not kidding, we really did order Del Taco. And <laughs> have started to scarf down. It yeah. smells like a Del Taco in here. Perfect. Yeah. So it's and, heaven. And, and perfect timing, too, because I was afraid it wasn't going to get here before I started the Mixed Pick Sports Show in 10 minutes. Oh. And that first segment that Steve Mickelson and I do last 30 minutes, I'm like, I don't want oh. my cold oh, no. Del Taco. You can't just eat in front of Steve so and do it. Instead, I, that's what I would have done. <laughs> yeah. but instead, I'm just scarfing uh, it down. And then you also got to hear uh, in, in the main studio, 
Uh, Dawn has come up with a new use for the mend shot. <laughs> oh. So we have the Happiest Hour products, which are two-ounce liquid shots, and they're made with all-natural terpenes, plant extracts, and they extract the exact terpene that will target the thing that the shot is trying to accomplish, like the wake shot, which opens up your mind, all natural energy, energy boost, clears your mind. That's my favorite. Love those. Uh, the calm shot, perfect for anxiety. Had a dude wrote, write in earlier today, said my, my, my girl has terrible anxiety. It balanced her out. Uh, and there's the intensify, which just intensifies whatever you're doing, partaking, sex, other things. And so there's the men's shot which helps you recover from and or manage your pain. And we've had a lot of people say it's gotten rid of cramps, it's gotten rid of back pain, or it's modified that. Well, Dawn. <laughs> Dawn has a wart. A, yeah. Uh, on her foot. On my foot. And it's painful. It is so painful. I went to the doctor, and they go to freeze it. I think it's an old lady one, but they say it's very common. A lot of people get them. I went barefoot somewhere I shouldn't have, and you can pick up. Whatever. I think it's the HPV thing that it can get. It's very common. Whatever. And they sell products all over for you to deal with it. But I'm like, no, only old ladies get this. But it's so painful. And you have to wait till it falls off. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, oh, my God, I wonder if the men's shot would take away that pain. What you're supposed to do, sorry, I'm eating Del Taco, <laughs> yeah. after they freeze it, is you go home and you burn it off. No. That's what men do. No. Oh, do you have any more of those men's shots? Because I didn't stretch out my booty this morning, and mm. it's like cramping up a little bit. Oh, ow. Good, yeah, good for butt cramping apparently. So too. I, I broke my toe yesterday falling down the stairs with uh, Sadie in my 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 puppy Sadie in my arms, and I took a men's shot on top of some ibuprofen this morning, and I've had I've had very little pain for the entire show. Wait, you actually? I thought it was a joke. You no. actually broke your toe. Oh, it's toe? it's it's huge. It's the pointer finger toe on my right no, foot. So you it's poor it's thing. You not seen him like been, crazy? He's been lumbering around here like Frankenstein. Honestly, he oh. looks like he's walking normal to me when I've seen him. Yeah, walk. <laughs> I like, usually do walk with a limp though. Oh, Brando, did you go to the doctor? Ooh, no, I don't need. They're not going to do anything. No, they cast on. No, they, they don't do that. They, they can't do that. I know. I have had experience with busted toes oh, before. They're not going to do anything for it. Get you a pimp cane. <laughs> go along with that limp. Yeah. I thought about it. Oh my god. All of the happiest hour shots. Are available. We will deliver them right to you uh, with haste. Oh you go to radradio.com and you go to the stupid store. Superstore. And you can get your happiest hour shots. Now, if you're a welfare recipient and you're just waking up to start your busy day, good morning. Here's a recap via emails from allegedly working Americans Ooh. of what you missed on today's show, Graham. Justin wrote in because we finally got the uh, official announcement of the Fantastic Four movie uh, for uh, summer of 2025. Uh, Pedro Pascal will star as uh, well, Mr. Mr. Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, but, uh, and uh, Kyle was asking about who's playing the woman, because remember, in the, the 05 and 07 ones, it was Jessica Alba. And it's now it's, uh, who, who's the broad? Because we uh, we knew her from some, oh, she, I don't know, the love interest for Joaquin Phoenix in Napoleon. I didn't see that, but anyways. Yeah, yeah. Um, but as Justin said, I don't care who's in the cast. In my hum humble opinion, no one will ever beat Jessica Alba in spandex. <laughs> Hard to do. No. Uh, now, if you watch us live on Rad TV at members.radradio.com, during commercial breaks, we put up a question of the day. You email in your answers. We save them for the end of the live show. Uh, what was today's question, Brando? What is the best prank you've ever experienced or planned and why? Um, so we got this note from Dorian. Hey, Dorian. I did this exact thing uh, when I was eight. Dorian says, when I was around the age of 12 on April Fool's Day, I decided to switch out the sugar for the salt. Knowing the first thing my parents looked forward to every morning was getting up and grinding up beans to make a freshly brewed pot of coffee. Mm. As an adult, however, I now realize just how messed up it was. It must have been infuriating taking that first precious sip uh, and just getting a mouthful of salty 
coffee. Yeah. I understand now why they were so pissed off, and I never pranked them again. <laughs> oh. Yeah, to, but hopefully your kids do it to you. I, I did it to my dad, and uh, he it was he he brought his coffee out. He was sitting on the other end of the, the the table. My mom was still in the bathroom getting ready for the day, and he puts out the coffee and he put put the coffee. <laughs> And I go, April Fools. And he said, very good, son. Very good. <laughs> That's no, it? That's it? No oh. getting pissed off. Oh, wow. my gosh. Because he, it's, like, it's your, April Fool's Day. Your oh, cool. father in the 70s was a unicorn. That is fantastic. Dumped out the coffee and uh, asked me where the sugar was. I said, it's what's, what's where the salt was, vice versa. And okay, very good. And he had me come over and, and trade him out, and that was it. Man. I would have got a whooping. Yeah, I would have been grounded for sure. Oh, grounded and a whooping. Have you ever, as an adult, oh though, God. tried salt in your coffee? No. no. Is it good? It's terrible. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> uh, we got this one from Christine, another April Fool's-related prank. This Because your question wasn't related, right? It didn't have no. to be on April Okay. Just prank. She says, when I was in high school, and editor of my yearbook, <coughs> dork. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what if you're the sports editor? Totally cool. I was. Right, okay, cool. Cool. I was the Why sports editor and then the editor-in-chief of the school paper. Oh, you guys. Totally cool. <laughs> Uh, my yearbook editor and I played a big April Fool's prank on the yearbook class. We even had the vice principal in on it. Well, yeah, because vice principals have nothing else to do. They're like the vice president. They're like, I'm bored as hell. I'll help you prank these rats. They suspend you. I don't nah. know why. The vice president in my high school got me out of so much trouble. It was a fantastic. Yeah, yeah they, they were, you always just grease them a little bit. Hey, here's yeah. a beef stick out of my mom's refrigerator. I'll, I'll build you a website, and you can just let me get out of class whenever yeah. I want. I just, I, I didn't even realize we had a vice principal. I wasn't at school much. It's shows. <laughs> I got in trouble by the teachers. We had played it off that every picture in our yearbook had been somehow mixed up and switched with a neighboring school. We had convinced the whole class that everything had to be reprinted and the yearbooks would be late. We told them that we would have to work on the fix and possibly deliver the yearbooks to the students' houses. We told them that this could bleed at least three weeks into their summer vacation. They believed us, and some even started to cry. Aww. When they walked into our production room, April Fools was written on the whiteboard, and all was known. Oh man, I got to prank my vice prince or vice principal a few times. Oh, yeah, you know, one in particular got him really good. So I worked at a pizza restaurant, and I had for lunch gotten that restaurant to deliver to my school to drop off food. Vice principal comes out, is upset that I'm having a driver come to the campus to deliver <laughs> me food, and I get a little talking to, told not to do it again. So what do I decide to do? I go to my work and I come back with probably 15 to 20 boxes that are just empty. And I walk right by the vice principal holding all of them. And she goes, um, excuse me, Kyle, come here. And then fingers me to come over like oh this. Like, oh, you know, hello. with the finger motion. Oh, sorry. So I, was I, was like, never, I was never fingered by my vice principal. <laughs> she makes the motion with her fingers. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Tells me to come over. And then she's like, what did I tell you? Like, you're not allowed to have delivery. Why are you carrying that many? And I'm like, I'm sorry. Did you want a slice? Mm-hmm. And I opened the box and nothing in there and the campus <laughs> cops over there rolling in laughter and then they all team up and tell me to go prank the campus monitor so nice. like go pretend like you're ditching class and you're coming back with all these pizzas so okay. I, got, I got two birds with one stone that was a That's cool awesome. reaction by them yeah. Yeah, um, it was actually because i would want to like throw them in a closet <laughs> if i was that v vice principal after i told him not to you would want to this is what he does he comes a, back a and... student in a closet <laughs> 
Okay. After spanking them with a, ro- a ruler? Listen, not nowadays, but I'm envisioning me then, right? At the age I was, and he was in high school. Get in the closet! Were you thrown in a closet? <laughs> Jesus. Me? Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Bad things happen so to girls I, in closets, too. Would I actually do that to somebody? No, but it's um, funny to say. No name on this one says, we were given a gift from the extended family that came in a gift bag with a creepy cat on the bag. My wife and I both comically gushed over how creepy this cat gift bag was, more so than the gift. So then we started the prank train. I put the creepy gift cat bag strategically placed in the back seat so she would see it when she looked in her rearview mirror during the drive to work. And from there, we would trade off leaving this cat bag in frequent areas, like the pantry, the closet, on top of the toilet, the shower. It became a game to surprise the other with this creepy cat gift bag, and it is still in rotation today, 10 years later. The level both my wife and I go to for the prank is endless, and I am the most recent to be pranked as she placed it in my golf bag for this last weekend's Sunday golf round, and I didn't see it until the fourth hole right in front of all of my buddies. Total comedy. Well done, honey. Game on. (laughs) I love that it's been around for 10 years. (laughs) It's a very sturdy bag. Yeah. Uh, And Jeff wrote in and said, Rob, this is amazing. You're eating Del Taco live on the air. Foot warts and butt cramps are being discussed. (laughs) And you're still killing the competition. You guys never disappoint. The Mixed Pick Sports Show begins in moments on Rad TV at members.radradio.com, the Rad Radio app, and in Sacramento on 1047 FM and 890 AM. For the rest of you, we'll be back tomorrow. Okay, that does it. Screw you guys, I'm going home. Talking poo is where I draw the line. Go on and go home, you fat chicken. Bye, diddly eye. So long. God bless you. See ya. Goodbye. Bye-bye, Homer. Take care. Adios. So long. Very well. Darn. Bon voyage. Toodle oo. Uh, so long. Bye bye. Ta ta. Bye, everybody. Bye bye. Sayonara, dude. So long. Bye bye. Bye bye now. Bye. See ya. Bye. Bye bye. <laughs> so long, stink town. Well, goodbye. And don't think it hasn't been a little slice of heaven. Because it hasn't. God bless. United. Rob. Anybody. And Dawn. The Rob. Anybody. And Dawn Show.